And it always fascinated me, like, uh, yeah, like high school or college phenoms that, like, were never, like, they were right. way more lit. Maybe they did have a career in the NBA or the NFL or something, but they were way more lit in college. Yeah. Um, I don't know why like Christian Leitner comes to mind, but like oh you know, yeah, the, the, for that. The, the Reggie Bushes of yeah, the world Jimmer. and 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 people like that that were that were Reggie Bush was good though like he was good, but he was Dolphins like, legend. He was like had that 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 magic in college. <clears throat> you gotta say like Vince Young or Johnny Mansell or something. Johnny, oh yeah, Johnny, Johnny Mansell, Tim Tebow. Yeah, that's a good one, Johnny Football. <laughs> I had some others in mind, but they're not coming to me at the moment. There's some good basketball ones, like Eric Gordon. Um, oh, yeah. Eric, well, Eric Gordon, Eric, I mean. Eric Gordon he was, was like averaging 20 a night before he got injured. He was he was good in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's still hooping. <laughs> he's, he just signed with the Clippers, didn't he? He signed with the Clippers. Did he? I, just, yeah. I was just watching during the yeah. summer league stuff. They interviewed him about, like, playing with all the young guys on the Rockets. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just like the one old guy. (laughs) (laughs) So the Rockets are all like 23 and younger, except him. He's like 40. That was weird. Those those Rockets teams were weird to me, I think. P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington. Yeah, I never. They never sold me on any of them. P.J. got a ring. And now P.J.'s got a ring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The KD stopper, the LeBron stopper. Yeah. <laughs> my man wow that whole thing that whole thing is so mickey mouse like oh yeah pj <laughs> it's just so mickey mouse to say like oh yeah um who else like pat beverly is like a russell westbrook stopper like back in the day when the rockets and thunder were going on <laughs> like oh we'll put in pat bev and he just like starts barking at russell westbrook like that's his <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think he, he I picks think up for, like three quick fouls. He's like, damn, bro, he put the clamps on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, think, he's yeah. just flagrant three. Flagrant yeah. three in him. It's yeah. the enforcer rule. Y'all don't have you done as custom. Y'all could never get it. Yeah, enforcer. Exactly. Well, if you need, you if need every enforcer was like you done as Haslam, I'd be more the only The only LeBron stopper is Nazir Muhammad, dude. When he fucking shoved <laughs> when him, he like checked him, yeah. He fucking, you know, he literally just pushed him down. Great, great clip. Like in front of the refs too, and he was just like, "What? <laughs> yeah, what I do? <laughs> what I do?" Oh, that is... Went out to a standing ovation at uh, Bulls Arena. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Like, I, I didn't even, I didn't even know what you were talking about until you said it, and now it's kind of uh, coming back to me. Go, two K thirteen, go. Nazir Muhammad, dude. Bronze I think, card, I think he was on the Blazers for like a, a season and he never played. I'm going to look it up. He was I'm like an Anderson Verajao type, like dead contract that never. But right now, I, I remember. Like, I, not that I ever saw it, but like, I remember seeing a picture of him. Gonna, Yo, got to be one of my favorite genders. Uh, Zers players that never actually saw the floor, but we probably paid oh, them a bro. little bit of money. Pau Gasol, Legend- Najer Muhammad, fucking uh, nah, Anderson Nah, man, Verzow. most legendary one, Festus Azili. Festus Azili, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I might have been confusing him and Najer, actually. I know, know I, like, think Naz- I think Najer was. I for like me, was. was he on Portland? Hold on, I'm trying to find it. I don't think he played. No, he didn't play on Portland. I mean, His last season... Real? His his last seasons were uh, obviously in Chicago, and then he finished with the with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yo, Yo, shout out Hashim the Beat. Talking about Thunder oh, go. That's another. <laughs> that's another. Go. Oh my god, Johnny Flynn. 
I used to fuck with Johnny Flynn. I used to really fuck with Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn was the guy they picked Curry over. Yeah. Timberwolves. No, they picked Rubio and Flynn over. They picked Rubio Flynn back to back. You you can't. No, no, no. We're not doing Rubio slander. Why not? Why not? I love Rubio. I love Rubio's better. I mean, Rubio, I mean. Rubio's better than Steph Curry. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at without sounding too crazy. Just saying, man. The hand. How, are... how do I say that in the most sane way possible? <laughs> I was I was waiting for Alan to say, it, and then I co-sign it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you look at the data, <laughs> he didn't want to be the first I mean, one out you, to say it. You you put Rubio on that Warriors team, but they're going 70, 74 and eight. <laughs> yeah, Rubio gets you one more win for sure. Yeah, but like with that, uh, that whole like guys on your team that never played beat or like played on your team and they were just such like a under the radar guy i, I do that with the knicks all the time because like the knicks teams from 2014 to now have been that like that's the epitome yeah, of basketball like all they are yeah shout out lance thomas shout out to alexi shved <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the one that's the one that i remember most that's the one that sticks out yeah i like that one and then who else i mean Oh, Knicks and Blazers. Cole Aldridge. Oh, Cole Aldridge. Aldridge. That's a great one. Also a Blazers. Also, he played on the Blazers too, didn't he? I can't remember, but I was going to say, he actually played for both teams, but shout out Mario Hazonia being both in Knicks and Blazers. Oh, another LeBron stopper. Another LeBron stopper. Yeah. And then he and he stepped over Giannis. Giannis, yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's right. That was, was so. That was literally the reason we traded for him. Like those two highlights <laughs> were the reason we traded for him, and he did nothing. Um, Incredible. Yeah, I was. Uh, I liked. Uh, we were talking about Pat Bev, and I I was trying to remember. He was a LeBron. No, no, no. He was the KD stopper for like w- one game, right? Mm-hmm. Until KD was like. Y'all know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant, and then that just all, that all went out the window. Yeah, and immediately game, Patrick Beverly. But also Patrick Pat- Beverly, Heat legend, 2010 summer league, oh, and then yeah. he just never played for us again. Yeah. Uh, wait, wasn't he? That was he. Did he go undrafted and he got picked up by? I think he he, he went undrafted. Then he went to like Europe or somewhere or mm. China maybe, and then he went. I think through the summer leagues, he did like one stint at Miami, and then he just. Did a thing. Mm. Yeah, he played in the Rockets. Picked him up. What are he some played... other? What are some other Heat Heat legends? Mm. Heat legends that we. Greg Oden. I remember like <laughs> everybody. That's like Yo. I was like in fourth grade or fifth grade. Everybody was hyping him up when he signed him. Like, that was he's like, not a buzz, bro. It's that, that was, was like when the that was like when the Cowboys signed Greg Hardy. <laughs> yes. And we were like, "Yep, we got our guy on the yeah, old one." Yeah, we <laughs> got an enforcer. We got a we got, got a, a nonsense guy. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, but like Jawan 2015, twenty six. No, yeah, but Jawan Howard's like kind of still around. So we, I don't know. He li- he was part of the title run, so he's not really like one of those guys. Like how much did he play in the best. title run? I don't remember how. I felt like he. I feel like he sat on the bench. A lot. He did. I mean, but he sat I mean, on the bench, but he was still there. So he's kind of. Like, Birdman was there for, like, a couple of years, but he's still, like, deeply ingrained in our, in our memory. What I'm really I mean, thinking about is... Miami Goat, Goran Dragic. Nah, but that, That's, like, a legit nah. goat. That's not, nah, like, yeah, a, yeah. Uh, an unironic... That's, like, like a... He's more like of a Suns goat. goat, in my opinion, than us. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> he never led the Suns to a finals. I- <laughs> but since... But the thing is, the Heat, 
right after LeBron left and right after we got like good like with Bam and Jimmy, we had this period like 2015, 2016, 2017 where we had a bunch of like weird ass like veteran pickups. We had Luol Deng, we had Amari Stoudemire, we had um Joe Johnson. <laughs> yeah, these are all good. Yeah. Like part two. It was <laughs> the Luol Deng one is really funny. Yeah, Luol Deng's career is just funny after the Bulls. Just like Lakers. Yeah, Lakers. <laughs> no, the no the seven the sixty four million dollar contract. Yeah, oh, that, Lakers. Oh, oh my God. Ke- run it I, back. Kel- Kelly Olynyk. That's another Heat goat. Kelly Olynyk. And and we had oh oh yeah. And uh, when, when Justin Winslow was like the future of the Justice team. Winslow. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Justice Winslow and uh, Hassan Whiteside when he was on the Heat. Too. Uh, Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk is more of a Celtics legend for pulling Kevin Love's arm out of his. Oh side. my god! I was waiting for him to do that. Like his entire heat. <laughs> stint, I just were like, I just who's wanted he gonna get? To fucking... <laughs> That's right. Did they? Did they win? Did the Heat? Sorry. Did the fucking Cavs win the championship the year that still happened, or they? Or was that one of the Golden State uh, years? That was the year after. I think it was seventy-three and nine. Was the Cavs mm. won? And then oh, the next they... year was when LeBron went crazy because Kyrie and Kevin Love were both injured in the finals. Oh shit! I just remembered Soran Dragic, real heat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. yes, Soran Dragic. <laughs> it's his like, brother. It's his brother, also... but it it sounds like the Cliff Paul of Goran Dragic. <laughs> yeah. It's like a commercial, like the Bizarro version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, also Gerald Green on the Heat. Gerald Green, wow. 2K Yo, GOAT. Blazers legend Gerald Henderson. Yeah. Traded for him back when they were the Ball, Charlotte Bobcats. Aflalo. Charlotte Bobcats <laughs> legend. Aflalo, dude. And Aaron Aflalo. Ooh, he was a bucket getter, too, for the one season he was he, he was, was here. A bucket. And then, oh, yeah, because we brought him in when Wesley got injured. And so he just filled in Wesley's spot. I remember when kind of I remember, that's right. I remember when the Knicks signed Aflalo and like Knicks fans at that point were just such in a deep rut that they were like, oh, bro, we got Aflalo, dude. <laughs> that's how the Blazers were. Like, we were like, oh, okay, that's a nice pickup. <laughs> well, yeah, but we don't have, we didn't have uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. <laughs> like, we, we have nobody. We had who, at that time, it was like Lance Thomas. That was our guy. Like, I don't know what, like, oh. Lance Thomas, Damian Lillard, I, uh, <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Really, Lance Stevenson, oh another LeBron Lance. stopper. Oh, another LeBron stopper. <laughs> blowing in his ear. Look at that Indiana <laughs> team is actually one of my favorites. Oh my god, I wanted them. We were talking about this on a on a call, but like we were talking about that team with Paul George and Danny Granger, who also yeah. Roy got Hibbert. buckets, and Roy Hibbert. Hibbert. Roy West. Hibbert. That's right. Yes. That's decent Roy Hibbert. Yeah, and uh, George Hill. He had like yes. George Hill for a season and Jeff Teague for a season, and either one I like them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those teams, and they went seven games with the Heat, and I really wanted them to win that year, and they didn't. Same thing with the Bulls, like uh, when Nate Robinson dunked on LeBron or whatever. <laughs> oh my God, I remember when that that Bulls team beat the Nets in the first round, <laughs> just because Nate Wait, Robinson the old crusty Nets like with Garnett. And no, no, no. This was like this was like the first year I think they were in Brooklyn. This was Joe Johnson. Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, this was this. Oh, okay. okay. No, but this was before was pre before pre Celtics trade. trade but, but still I think had they also old, beat them in the game. first round with the old yes. Krusty Nets. Yes. Yeah. Pre pre Krusty Nets deal, <laughs> they Krusty lost Nets. to them without like Paul, P- like Joakim Noah and Nate Robinson, like put the team on their back. 
And then the Knicks were like, let's get Joakim Noah after he gets hurt four years after that. You know who's like a perennially underrated player is Taj Gibson. Like yes. yeah. and, and him on the Knicks good. right now. Still still solid. Yeah. Him on the Knicks right now. He's good for like eight eight points and eight boards a night. Yeah. Off the bench. Man, I love Taj Gibson. Yeah, I agree. One of those guys in the NBA that like always knew his role and actually just played it and did his thing. Yeah, every team he's played because didn't he play for like Minnesota too, or he kind of went in some weird places. Well, he did Minnesota. He, yes. he was on yeah. like OKC for a year or something. He was on. He was on Minnesota when Tibbs was there coaching. Oh yeah, he's Tibbs a Tibbs guy. Goes to a new team and brings his whole his old team back. Wherever <laughs> Tibbs goes, guy. he's like, bring me Taj Gibson. He knows what to do. Yeah, give me Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson. <laughs> no Look, matter D-Rose, what state they're in. D Rose this year was out of his mind during the playoffs. He carried that Knicks team because Julius Randle just was playing like he was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what they call him the one arm bandit? Uh, hey, how, you feeling, how you feeling about um Evan Fournier? <laughs> on the Celtics? Or just in no, general? The Knicks, no, on the Knicks. Oh, with the Knicks. That's right. Oh, that was a big like contract too, right? Like pickup. double digits per year, right? It's like a $14 million contract. It was a significant shows. contract. I think that was and a good And it's multi-year. I think it's three years. They're oh, try- yeah. They're yeah. trying to be this year. 72 mil. Four years? Oh my God! Yeah, it's Nick's gonna <laughs> Nick's gonna Nick Nick's gonna Nick, man. We could have just got Kemba. We could have just been happy with Kemba. We're like, no, nah, let's throw seventy million at Evan Fournier. <laughs> That's awesome. Which, it's like I said before, it's very similar to. It's very reminiscent of the Joakim Noah deal. I know Joakim Noah was a bum at that point, but <laughs> seventy million dollars to him, dude. There yeah. was one year I was really, really rooting for the Knicks, and it was when. It was it was the Carmelo Jr. Steve that was when they Steve lost Novak. The I mean, um, that was when they lost to the Pacers in the the, the semifinals. Yeah, right. The with, Roy Hibbert block. Shot? The block. Hib- Hibbert blocked the shit out of Melo <laughs> at the at the dunk at the goal. Yeah, that was. That was yeah, tough. but th- that other play that everybody forgets about is like the Chris Copeland three and Shumpert had a putback dunk, but then Hibbert like blocked Melo and then they just killed Chris the Chris Copeland. Wow, what a. Goat. Also on the Pacers digging, too. Digging deep. Wow. Deep yeah. cut. He had uh, he had great form. He's a good shooter. He was <laughs> solid. Solid bench piece. Solid bench piece. You know, I always knew Ben was a sports guy, but I, I, um, you're illuminating like your your interest in the NBA for me at this time a little bit because yeah, I don't really talk about it. I don't really talk about it on my page. I just kind of because with basketball, I've been kind of like a a uh, observer from afar. Yeah, you're, Since, you're like, like a baseball fan first, right? I'm a baseball guy first, but the thing with basketball is I was very deeply into basketball for like three, four years. Like I got cut from my middle school team. I was like, all right, I have to learn about basketball now. So from like 2013 to like 2016, like I played fantasy basketball all the time, played base- basketball all the time. That's tough. They were, KD- doing, they were doing cuts at your middle school basketball team? Yeah, they, yeah you got a chip <laughs> yeah. on your shoulder. That's crazy. Yeah, seven. Look, listen, I'm not... I'm not saying it was easy coming out of my hood, bro. It wasn't easy. <laughs> my but God. You from Long Island? When, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have put you on last chance you. Yeah. Real, bro. Bro, we got a Michael but, Jordan in the making on the pod right now. <laughs> that was like, my villain that origin story. That was <laughs> that villain story. Or- yeah. But, like, then after that, I got so into Knicks and Nets basketball. Like, I was watching every game. And then... KD signed with the Warriors. I'm like, all right, this is some Mickey Mouse shit. And I stopped really 
heavily following. Oh, that yeah, was pretty had, Mickey Mouse. Offseason from hell, where I you just agree. missed out on Zion, missed out on Kyrie, missed out on Kev. You yeah, know, without I'm, that I'm was summer it. they went. That was summer they went to the Nets. Not that summer. Not the Katie Warriors summer. Oh right, 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 right. I so remember when Katie signed I, with the Warriors. I was like, all right, this is some Mickey Mouse shit. I definitely the remember NBA's. the notification on my phone. Like the like, I remember the day like looking at the notification on my phone when I woke up. Like Katie's going to the Warriors. I was like, ain't no f- boy, ain't no way, boy. I ain't wonder no what kind way. of society we'd live in if Katie went to the Wizards. That would have been the great. Wizards, because <laughs> yeah. right, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. wanted Hometown to do that. Hero they goes wanted to, to the do Wizards. That. That's right. <laughs> Because they thought he was going to be on some brawn shit and go home. Yeah. And he's like, fuck that He's like, I'm nothing like that, dude. That was that was KD's whole MO. Yeah. They're like, listen, hear me out. You're going to go to the Wizards, injure John Wall, Bradley Beal, Nene. What do you say? What do you say, Nay. Martin Gortat. Yeah, they had Gortat. Martin Gortat. Oh, my God. That's one of the worst tattoos in basketball history. That Jordan tattoo he had on his leg. One of the worst tattoos I've ever it. seen. I was always I distracted am, by I have Mohawk. never seen that. Hold on. <laughs> look up. Yeah, you got to look up the Marching Gortat Jordan tattoo. tattoo on his leg. It's fucking abysmal. <laughs> and he doesn't even wear Jordans. He wears like Adidas. Or he wore Nikes. It just didn't look right. Oh, he's got right. like a prison tat of the Jumpman logo with a little like uh, silhouette oh, of God. the basketball outside of it. That's a $10 That's tattoo right there. It's, it's fucking atrocious. And he's like... The left leg oh just kind God. of, like, comes to a very dull point, like, with no foot or, or nothing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not shaded correctly. It's not lined lined up correctly. It's, it's fucking abysmal, if you ask me. I got to look at the Wizards roster. This, this, this Jordan looks 5'10", uh, 199 pounds. <laughs> yeah. It's Montel Jordan. <laughs> it's Montel, yeah. yeah. Oh my God! So this was the team that they were trying to pitch, um, Katie to go to. Um, obviously John Wall, and you got Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, mm, nice, love Otto Bortot, Porter. Drew Gooden, Jared mm. Dudley, Dewan Blair, go wow. Spurs Blair. go. I don't remember Dewan Spurs Blair. go. Spurs go. Um, mm. um, who else? Who else? Chris Humphreys and and wow. Gary. Wow. The Kardashian connection. Uh, yes. Kelly Oubre. This is when Kelly Oubre was just popping off with all the the uh, the, the ladies. The oh, ladies, man. yeah. Uh, Warriors legend, Kelly Oubre Jr. Thunder Warriors, legend, Kelly Oubre Jr. I think Suns legend. <laughs> nah, yes. definitely. Honestly, if the Suns won the championship there this year, I think Drogic and Rubio and Oubre should have got a ring. That's crazy. Just for just for I think being Eric, I think Eric Bledsoe crazy. and Isaiah Thomas should have oh, a ring. Well, Bledsoe did get a ring. Bledsoe, Thomas, and Dragic. Greatest one, two, three. Isn't it crazy how <laughs> dirty time. they did Isaiah Thomas? Of all time, put it down. <laughs> they did Isaiah Thomas so dirty, bro. They really blacklisted Isaiah Thomas out of the league. They were it's like, crazy. "Oh, that's crazy! You dropped forty points in the playoffs with us." That's trade. Now yeah, go play with LeBron for half a season. <laughs> That's right. That That's was the whole the, K, That was the Kyrie trade. That was the Kyrie trade, and then D Wade signed with the Cavs. This was very. You know very what? That whole time. trade that didn't work out for anybody. The Celtics. It didn't work out for them. Same shit with the Krusty Nets trade. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I really think about it, they didn't do shit with, with that, those picks. With those no. Yeah, everybody lost. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics haven't done anything with those moves. Truthfully, I mean, 
mean, they got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown now, but that wasn't, I don't think that was via the, the Nets trade, was it? It was, been, it was, it was, it was the picks that they used, oh, Tatum was? but the idea was, was that they were going to trade the rest of the picks and then that never really happened. Well, they, yeah, it did. Yeah. No, it did. But they, you know, it was Kyrie and then it was, uh, no, yeah, it and, was and Tatum, then it was Tatum Al Horford. Yeah, no, they got both those draft picks. So that, that was the good part. And then they traded for Kyrie and then they traded for Al Horford. And then, you know, it was like, it kept going and, and Tristan Thompson and shit. And then now they got no more picks. Yo, and real ones remember those days? The Tristan and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. No, that's and Hayward. Yeah. They but signed Hayward. Sign. That Beautiful was a sign. Signing. Yeah. It was just none of those moves worked out. <laughs> the real ones remember the days of Tristan Thompson, Iman Shumpert, and the Nets pick for Demarcus Cousins. That shit was no. bad. Bro. Wow. That's, wow. Fucking, that's fucking horrific. Demarcus Cousins' like, career post Kings has been impressive impressively bad yeah <laughs> man just the, like the kings have have ruined so many careers yeah. that i was very fond of i was a big yeah. tyreek wait i'm about to say tyreek hill uh tyreek evans tyreek evans yeah, yeah 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 rookie of the year tyreek 25 and 5 yeah yeah and demarcus Bro. cousins and um they have isaiah thomas one. obviously oh was he drafted by them yeah yeah the I last pick in the draft there was a there was a point in which Isaiah Thomas to Marcus Cousins and uh, Hassan Whiteside were all on the, on same, the same roster. <laughs> Hassan Whiteside. Ten years later, they're all fucking disappointments. Yeah. Kings, Heat, legend, Hassan Whiteside. Blazers legend, too, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. I'll give him that. Because, like, statistically, yeah, it wasn't working out. But honestly, that season that he was here, it was fun to watch him, and he was good, and he put up. I gave him a lot stats. of shit that whole season. He was, and I would, I would probably... I wish he, we had him over Cody Zeller, I think, right now. I don't think Cody Zeller's the answer. And he liked playing Zeller. here. He really liked playing here. Like, you know, he, yeah. he had the rap for being a, uh, like. Uh, he got the, he, he went crazy with the we got shooters. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we got shooters. That's right. Yeah. Was that, was that Hassan Whiteside that was flexing that he was, like, shooting threes during the offseason? Ben Simmons uh, was. Probably, I don't know. I'm, it's, uh, he's, I'm sure he's up to some Not this offseason. I'm just saying, like, one of the years going into free agency or going into the season. He's just, sure. like, shooting hey, threes. Hey, is Mitchell with... Robinson shooting threes yet or what? What a fuck Mitchell Robinson. What about Thomas Robinson? Oh, <laughs> Yo, my God. Another Blazers legend. legend. And another Kings legend. legend. Kings Blazers I was legend. Up, I, I was pulling up for three with him when he had, like, a 33, and I was just greening everything. <laughs> greening everything, dude. Yo, Fucking crazy bro. legend. Will Barton and Thomas Robinson, oh, crazy Blazer yep. legend. Wow. Oh, also, yeah, because Thomas time. Robinson really, like, came on on the Blazers. But we got drafted Blazers, by the Kings. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the fact that you just said those two names, it reminded me of that one highlight where Thomas Robinson gets like an epic block, and then we yeah, pass and, the and then Will Barton gets the alley-oop yeah. dunk on the other end, and we were all going nuts. Yo, Thomas Robinson blocked Minnesota legend Corey Brewer. Did you know Corey Ooh. Brewer Into has the Minnesota universe. record for most points scored? He's got a 51 piece when he was on Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's that right. blew my mind when I found that out. <laughs> mm, somebody right. was just bringing up on Twitter uh, Blazers legend Andre Miller with his 50 piece. Yes. With his 50 just piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Corey Brewer. And, and, and do you agree that that's one of the most random 50 pieces besides the one that you just said? That's gotta be the most. Jamal Andre Crawford's Miller is more random than Corey Brewer. Jamal Crawford, not. Ex- I don't think Jamal Crawford fifty piece is random. I just think it's unexpected. I, I, because yeah. like, 
if you give him like touches every night, Jamal Crawford can go off. Was he on the Clippers when he did that? No, he was he on might... the he was on the Suns or the T Wolves or something like that. Because it was like wow, I remember his totally last game. He dropped fifty and then he just went away. So it was like yeah. one of those like I think it was the career Suns. teams. I think it was the Suns. Yeah, the Suns maybe. Wow. Well, <clears throat> that was a lengthy well, we're forty-five minutes in. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, yeah. we, we are. We, no, we got deep in there. Um, no, I loved all of that. Every minute of that was was honestly gold. A uh, lot of lot of legends and goats to be talked about. Uh, so, not mad at it one bit. Um, yeah, I guess let's get the the, the formalities out of the way. Um, you know, get the business mm. out of the way, and then we'll just start talking about music, like like we were Chat. born to do. Yeah. So, uh, welcome, everybody, to the new Music Monday motherfucking podcast, baby. Now, I'm looking up my podcast on, on Spotify right now because, if I'm being quite honest, I don't know what episode we're on. Uh, my guess was season five, episode 42, which would make this episode uh, 93. Uh, yeah, season five, episode 42, episode 93. We just did Fruit Bowl. The Flying Fruit Bowl, uh, season five, episode forty-one, episode ninety-two. We talked about West Side Gun. Grr, boom, 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 boom. Hey yo. Yeah, everybody. Thank you. Um, West Side Pootie. And you know what? It looks like we're gonna end up turning around and just talking about West Side Gun again next week, because uh, apparently there's a side B coming out for for that that Hitler yeah. wears Hermes eight, which I'm not mad at one bit. Ready to see what that's like. And also, Alan, I agree. Griselda legend, West Side Pootie. Um, you know what? My favorite West Side Pootie uh, interlude um, was always the Supreme Lionel one, which was yeah. like the really, really early one. And then the other ones, they always were just kind of like, I didn't really need that. This was the first one where I was like, okay, she was, okay, she was talking that shit, and it needed to be on this record. Like, I it really, Little it really spoken word. Yeah, well, spoken yeah. word piece. She said, "What if y'all still don't got no?" Free. She said, "I might drop an album at the end by this year, and if y'all don't got no money by then, then go jump off, jump a, bridge. off a bridge." Exactly. I she was said, like, okay. "She said, um, free sly out the you know, wearing <laughs> yeah. Hermes, kicking it like judo." I don't know why I remember that bar over anything else on the album. Sounds like an Action Bronson line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's kind of the big body Bez of, uh, of, of yes. West Side Guns albums, and I like that. Um, Okay, word. Yeah, so that was the episode that we did last week. It was very good. It was just Trent and I getting a chance to talk about, uh, talk about that album as well as oh, we got we got in a good conversation about family ties, um, and then we we were also talking about our our goat rappers list and how we want to um revise our goat rappers list. We did one earlier this season. You know yeah, what? I remember that. I, I I already I already feel much differently about it. I feel like my my list needs to be more ignorant, more um, more arrogant, more um, you know, just just something that only only I could make. And same for packs too. You know, I feel like we didn't get in our bags like we would have liked. But but uh, I'm still introing the podcast. So here we are, New Music Monday. Um, we have just an absolute banger on the boards for you today. We got my man. Ben, a.k.a. the Rap Synthesizer, obligatory member, team member, my man. Um, I think editor now, like main one. Yeah, yes. yeah. I send Correct. my writing into him, and he makes it, like, perfect and pretty. I love that. Um, I love that the more stuff we've been doing in obligatory, like, the more I get to just do something and hand it to another guy, and he helps me with, like, 
the rest of what's going on. So um, shout out to Ben. He's been stepping up and just like doing the damn yes, thing sir. lately. Uh, but that's yes, my sir. man Synth here. He's here for the podcast coming all the way from the Long, Long Island, Long Island, New York. Hell on earth. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so the floods haven't hit you over there, right? Or that's just in the, Brooklyn? No, no, it hit it hit the north shore of Long Island. I'm on the south shore, so mm, like okay, the storm, okay. like the storm, like curved over the over the north shore and got fucking slammed. Where I go to school, flooding everywhere. But wow, we were good on okay, here. Okay, well, I'm glad you're safe. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, I mean, really, just like natural disasters all over the fucking east coast uh at the moment it's a little nutty <clears throat> but uh we also got another obligatory team member legend in the building and, and also a friend of the show former guest on the podcast neither of these guys are are new to this environment so we welcome also um my man alan cito uh aka alan aka i mean what else Hip hop discussion. Hip hop dot discussion. That, that, that was my old. Formerly known that. as FKA. <laughs> Hip hop dot discussion. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and change the title for our episode too, and put mm-hmm. Alan Cito in there. I think for like a solid two months, I was hip hop discussion dot IG, and then it was like hip hop info IG. I don't know. It's a weird thing. It was like back in 2017. That's a weed lad, high school freshman. Yeah. Yeah um so like i said you know this is all gang in here and and they kind of know how things go around here so we don't really have much else to talk about than two absolutely giant colossal extremely incredibly irrelevant i mean not irrelevant relevant albums in one kanye west donda and in uh drake certified lover boy now last week again Trent and I, we were going back and forth about the uh, West Side Gun album. We finished that up on Saturday, as we always do with the podcast, usually on Saturdays. And lo and behold, the following day, Donda comes out. Um, and so now we're kind of, I, well, I was, I was excited about the opportunity to talk about these albums kind of in the same breath. I was bummed that we wouldn't get to get to it, like, right off the rip. But, you know, the, 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 the fair exchange was that we now get to talk about both of these albums in one episode, which I find very interesting and fun. So I wanted to ask y'all before we actually start talking about music, if you guys want to talk about Drake and or Kanye first, or if you, cause here's what I want to do. I feel like we need to talk about both albums and I feel like we need to talk about both albums in comparison with one another. Um, do y'all want to go? I'm feeling like we should go, Kanye first since it was the older of the two we've been sitting with it a little bit longer I've been I've been really Absolutely. waiting to talk about this shit and then we could get to CLB and then we can compare and contrast Absolutely okay Well there you have it I'm going to pull up the very squeaky clean version of Donda Now this is the thing that is um eluding me at the moment is are we are we just going to only get this dirty version of donda i mean clean version of donda i think so right i'm not tripping right so. this isn't just like a spotify thing no no it's, have the it's album on apple music too. It being edited okay it's it's everything on everything on streaming services is the clean version which is not weird but just interesting yeah normally it really bothers me hearing um clean versions of songs but you know knowing that this is all I got, you know. You just kind of, just kind of deal with it. But uh, on my second listen, it became a little more tolerable because, like, normally has. I hate clean versions. 
but like it, it's kind of more like it's not as bad as like a regular censored version it's just you know a little annoying at times but like yeah it started to like set in for me because i'm the same way yeah. i get really really irritated about clean versions and it's kind of just like i've gotten over it maybe i've gotten over it or maybe it's grown on me but either way um sure that's so kanye um but i'm not gonna lie i mean it's been kind of difficult i mean it's just been a funny week to see like everybody react to kanye who obviously has his own universe of extremely dedicated fans um and then to see it followed up with drake who i think you could say the same thing for um and then just seeing people in and out of those circles or people in between those two circles uh, just react to these albums and compare them and, and, and contrast them. I mean, really what we're about to do, everybody's been doing on Twitter for uh, a whole week. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you just see all the Kanye fanboys. I love that meme about, like, uh, you know, dudes on my timeline be like, go Kanye, you know, all the cheerleaders and shit. Yeah, the cheerleaders, yeah. you guys, as in synth and alan you guys actually kept up with the live streams you actually went in and, and watched the three separate ones right correct yeah and if i'm not mistaken me and trent both didn't do none of that i think we just waited i shouldn't have honestly waited for the album to drop yeah i really i really regret it it was okay like, that's where i'm getting at yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I, that's what i'm getting Sorry. at like okay expound upon that like why do you regret having uh kept not- up with this not that it was like that bad that I regret, you know, having wasted six hours of my life, but like it was just an unnecessary amount of stress and just waiting at midnight on Thursday over and over again. And not just that I watched the live streams, I was there for that little 24 hour thing where it was just like people in the studio and I was like watching Connie do push ups and shit and <laughs> guys getting their hair cut. And I was just, I just kept wondering what the fuck I'm like as a Connie fan, why the fuck am I doing this? Um, if I was like, I was much more of a Kanye fan during the Ye days. So, like, if that had happened during those days, I really would have watched all 24 hours. Like, I'm way less emotionally connected to these album releases. So, at least there's that. But I, I really... It's, it's going to be a hard thing to break. Yeah, just emotionally, uh, I was exhausted by the time it dropped. Like, I was just like, I was just like, all right, whatever. It's up. Holy shit. It's up now because my friend texted me at like seven in the morning on Sunday. He's like, oh, bro, it's dropping today. And I woke up. I was like, oh, it's out. But um, going through the third, like the first and second listening parties were like, all right, cool. And I was like, I knew it's not going to drop. I knew it wasn't going to drop. And then hearing hearing the baby on the third listening party to start <laughs> off, that, that just like, <laughs> like, it just like threw me off so much that I couldn't like focus on like the rest of it because the rest of the stuff was really good. But it just was like kind of uh, added buzz and extra hype that I really didn't need to involve myself with. And I would have been way more emotionally uh, rewarding if I heard all those features on the album for the first time when it dropped, in my opinion. I'm a little torn because I, I, well, I knew for me personally that the right move was just to wait until the music is out and then just kind of consume that. Uh, Because, you know, I ended up loving this album. Or, or at least really, really enjoying it and liking it. Um, and I feel like that was because I was able to just sit down with the music and just take the music for what it was. But I'm a little bit torn because I think in this time of, like, um, 
where albums come out and they come out and like this year was previously kind of slow but now obviously it's really ramping up very quickly and you know very reminiscent of what things were before kind of covid hit is like you know a lot of these albums they come and go as as big as artists can be you know from the kanye's to the drake's to the tyler's like these albums do come and go um and it kind of happens on a week-to-week basis and i thought to an extent that the Donda listening parties and the constant like uh, uh, waiting for this album to drop kind of extended the life timeline of this album and sort of the excitement around it so that people wouldn't just get everything that they want and then move on. Um, so, yeah, personally, I'm glad I didn't check those out, but I I wasn't sure how I felt about, you know, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting move. But I'm curious to know if you felt like the album really changed and evolved from when you heard the live That's streams, like how different it is on this. I was going to say, Go ahead. like the devil's advocate of that, the, the other side of the coin is that you got to see like, because the first listening party was like very, very raw and very, very not mixed, just very off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I'll say about the listening parties that did uh, exemplify kind of Kanye's process, because really it sounded like he didn't start making the album until he announced like it was coming out. Right. And because that's what he does, you know what I mean? But hearing it like not not mature, but just like evolve and take form was fully realized on the like the actual release because he kind of took everything from the third the third listening party really felt like the listening party that was supposed to drum up the most controversy and buzz right before the album dropped. And then he kind of incorporated the best parts of the third one into the second one mm-hmm. and just dropped that. And it was, it, it paid off in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. It kind of, it kind of felt like um, he announced an album and then started actually making it, which I also think is interesting and, and classic Kanye, like innovative, um, kind of mindset behind the process of releasing an album and and all that jazz so i thought that was cool too i also thought and there was some debate about this because i know some people were um uninterested in the idea the notion that the public was kind of affecting how this album was going to sound like basically kanye and mike dean or whoever's around them were really keeping their ear to the internet to see and sometimes i think like actually interacting with fans mike dean i think specifically um yeah. to, to to kind of about the album and some people i think were uh, like n- didn't like that like i know um jinx from complex um brandon jinx from from complex he, he he had this clip of him basically saying you know i'm not i'm not the grammy award nominee or you know i'm not the grammy winning producer or songwriter and all that stuff you know i kind of want to know just what I kind of just want all the ideas to come from y'all. But I see that. And I also see that, you know, in this current day and age of music, it's interesting for Kanye to come out with a live stream, show you what he's been working on, see how fans react to it, and then kind of do this process over and over again three times and then release the album. And I think you got, I think at least he got an idea of what fans liked and and didn't want and and things like that. Ben, I know you were kind of uh, talking about like, some people were kind of complaining about what was and wasn't on this album, which I think if mm-hmm. you're coming at it from a really entitled p- perspective of like, you know, you just want what you want, 
like i totally agree like fuck off like just 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 listen yeah and and, and just kind of soak it in but i think it's also on the other flip like kind of interesting that you know you can you can do something and then see how people react to it and then see where you want to move from there too so i thought that component was interesting because yeah i kind of went on a twitter uh rant about the fact that people were like gatekeeping the version of songs they like the best yes right in particular hurricane because hurricane went over a massive like redo from the first listening party to now even like back when don yandi was supposed to release like Hmm. from that point now it is evolved and taken forms in different ways so like these people that are complaining about oh hurricane sounds i don't like this for i mean i honestly at the first at first i didn't really like it as much but i'm not like drop that version and scrap everything you're doing because it's like people will have that sense of entitlement that like what they like that the artist cares about what you like that kind of thing like thinking you're the main character and it's just like they're going to do, because to an extent, yes, the listening parties were kind of like a soundboarding opportunity for the, the team and Kanye to kind of gauge what people liked. But honestly, to an extent, they kind of just went in the way that they were going to go anyway. Because mm. it was kind of like, yeah, we're, we're previewing the album and we're going to find out who fucks with what. But at the end of the day, Kanye has the final say, kind of. So... It's, it can only be to an a certain extent that they could affect, like the fans could affect what's on the album and what's not. Sure. Yeah, it, to me, it just kind of goes to show like what era of music we're living in, um, that it's it's very, it's very live. It's very just like in the moment. Um, and I think, you know, as, as, as much as I don't enjoy like all the shenanigans that have be, like that just come with a Kanye album at this point. And I try to block a lot of that stuff out because I really just want to hear the music. That's really my own perspective, though. It does kind of show Kanye continuing to sort of push the envelope uh, as it pertains to how you release an album in 2021 and and kind of how you make these albums and and, and whatnot. So uh, that being said, um, so it it. it you're saying it did go through like y'all heard some stuff from like the yandi era even so like well yeah i mean hurricane was the only thing from yandi but that's like the the big song that was was like come out yandi okay because i kind of ignored all that stuff too like when he said he was gonna drop yandi i was in the same mindset i'm gonna wait till it comes out obviously it didn't come out so i kind of disregarded everything that was going on in that era i mean jesus is king was like the christian interpolation of yandi to an extent because a lot of the songs that were on the second version of yandi were on jesus king but like they were just kind of like christianified and it just took the like a lot of people said there was no like premarital sex on those drums you know what i mean there wasn't a lot of drums on that record (laughs) not nearly enough yeah no not nearly enough i feel that yeah Yeah, this album obviously still takes a, a a huge um spiritual overtone too but Oh, absolutely. I, I would say it feel I maybe this isn't true, but like Jesus is King felt more Christian and more church than Donda kind of feels oh, a little definitely. bit more more spiritual, more like open ended and spiritual than um, like structured uh, church environment. But um, yeah, I agree with that because. I just feel like Jesus is King was just like fully him fully adopting that and taking the personal side out of it and not taking his own actions into account. I mean, yeah, he obviously it's Kanye album. He's going to talk about his problems, but it kind of, this album feels like him incorporating 
his faith into his life rather than his the faith overtaking his his life. Ah, uh, Jesus is King. I think is a is a really, um, hmm. I feel like seeing himself in a positive image, and I think Donda kind of uh, is an honest image. An honest image portrays more of like a, a sinner in the in the church environment, or, or you know, in a spiritual environment, and and kind of exactly. growing through that. Um, kind of taking the good and the bad where Jesus is King is all a little bit more like positive and just like praise God and all that shit. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot actually. Cause I mean, I don't really mind, you know, I'm not, a, a, a I, w- I don't know. I'm like a spiritual person, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely kind of, I'll just say it, I'm kind of anti-organized religions in, in, in a lot of sense, but I, I won't lie, like, you know, some of the most banging hip-hop sounds, some of the most beautiful and lovely hip-hop sounds to ever come um, from the space, you know, really originate from church and <laughs> and, and, and and being there. And I think uh, Kanye is, has captured that well, even in Jesus is King, but I feel like this is, this is the more refined and, and better version of, of that in a lot of ways uh, in, in Donda, so... Yeah, I didn't really mind that. There are a lot of songs on here. Obviously, it, it, it's like almost two hours, almost an hour and 50 minutes. But and I feel like maybe you guys feel the same way. But to me, the album kind of ends at No Child Left Behind. Yeah. And then the part twos are kind of like bonus cuts to me. And that's kind of where I've been judging it. Like a 90 minute album, 23 songs with four bonus tracks, alternate versions. Exactly. Exactly. Feel the same way. Trent, what have you thought about this album so far to this point? Um, and like, how many listens have you given it? How excited or how much dread did you have going into it? Just give me kind of surmise your your experience with this album before and up to it coming out and now. I don't. I didn't. I guess going into it, I just didn't really care. <laughs> kind of like don't care. Kind of just like I, I don't know. We kind of talked about this when we talked about Isaiah Rashad and just like burnout about getting excited about albums that like we know are in the process for so long. And like, I guess like not necessarily Donda's final product is like, I've been anticipating that for so long, but just like how much buzz has been around it for how long it's been. I just like, and just Kanye in general, like every album he drops, I feel like there's every album that he drops or doesn't drop, I feel like there's so much buzz around it Mm -hmm. that I'm at some points, I'm just like, I don't want to talk about Kanye West anymore. And so going into it, I didn't really care. uh, Especially because it was like every week for the three weeks before it came out, it was like, Oh, I think Donna's coming out this week. And then it would just be another like listening thing or whatever. So finally it came out, didn't really care. Listen to it at work didn't like it at all in the first <laughs> wow. listen in the first listen just did not there's you know there's moments but like i mean if you're gonna sit me down for an hour and 48 minutes of kanye west like i would hope that i like at least 40 minutes of it and first yeah. listen definitely didn't like 40 minutes of it second listen i feel like a couple of tracks maybe grew on me a little bit but I was also like fighting through another hour and 48 minutes. So it was like kind of hard for me to like 
settle into it. I was just like, God, let me get through this shit. Like, but I don't know. It is very preachy. And not that that's necessarily always a bad thing. Like, I love gospel music. I think there's, like, amazing gospel music. But this is not, like, gospel music to me. This is preachy rap music. And, like, I just... (laughs) And and I'm not, like, I'm not offended, but I am a little bit, like, annoyed that, like, he got some of my favorite artists to feature on it. And kind of had them tap into something that I don't feel like was, like, natural or, like like baby keem rapping about god and like the weekend rapping about god and, and like Westside West Gun Gun and Conway god like doing there yeah that was a little that conway i can see because it's just like he's so yeah but he's done that he's like crazy. done that verse before that's the thing too for the conway right, yeah. the conway but like playboy feature. cardi like i get like he's kind of like an edgy person that'll rap about you know whatever but I'm like a- coming off the heels of a whole lot of red i just feel like it's like kind of i'm gonna stop you right there bro both the, Playboy, Bla- both the Playboy Cardi features go off. No, they <laughs> not the they absolutely go off. They absolutely no, 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 go no. off. That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. I don't think the feature, none of the features I just said are bad. I think the Baby King feature with like the 645 AR pitch is like right. crazy. Yes. Like I loved it, but I just think it's like, it's like such a, I, I don't know. It's like such a Kanye West pleasing act to like rap about God on his album <laughs> and like ne- nowhere else in your discography have you done that like that's just like it just seems like kind of not like a s- sellout but just like it's just like fitting a mold that you're just like it's so the, the thing about it is like I also have had a lot of conversations recently about like how do like how much do we this is like kind of a tangent but like how much do we glorify like these personalities and music and and art like just kind of like artists in general like at what point are we just like admiring their work and at what point are we like like deifying their work like making them bigger than they are which is just human beings and i think kanye west is like the prime example for that because yeah. he does it to himself as well that it's like i don't want like an artist like west side gun who's like such an original figure in rap right now and no one else is doing what he's doing i just like for my own benefit don't want west side gun to be sacrificing any part of his personality to like please kanye west on his album like that's like really weird to me right because a lot of the artists too too a lot of the artists that end up on this album i mean it's i mean there aren't a lot of rappers out there with more clout more more history and 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 legend behind them than Kanye West. So a lot of the people that are on this album kind of look up to Kanye West. Right. And and so I agree with you in the sense that some of the moments and the features in here, like they feel maybe not like forced so much as like maybe shoehorned into a certain spot that, you know, I think like the West Side Gun and Conway one, I think was maybe the, the one that stood out to me the most as like, I love these artists. I love them for a specific reason. And they just kind of, this track doesn't really do a lot for them for me but they did good Mm -hmm. verses you know i kind of expect that and whatnot i will say though the thing and we're gonna you know do the the comparison with drake later but one thing that struck me about this album as opposed to drake's features on his album are i think i overall or net enjoyed the notion that a lot of the features that came to the kanye west album they seem like they had, um, you know, maybe Kanye approached them with like, hey, I'm going for this or I want you to kind of do this. 
I, I liked that there was a theme behind what a lot of people were doing um, and that they were kind of falling in to support a greater idea for what this album was to be. And I also thought one thing that just a, a, a thought that has been staying with me since I heard this is Kanye is still organizing uh, and inspiring good music to come out of other people. Like he's inspiring a, a lot of other people to um, put on some some great and meaningful performances. Um, I felt that for, you know, the weekend. I did feel that for Baby Keem. I did feel that for a little baby or Fabio Foreign oh. or, you know, those, uh, there's a lot them. of moments in there where I oh, thought so like, good. wow, he's still inspiring people a lot to kind of go the extra mile and do something with a little bit more artistry on it or a little bit, you know, something, something um, like that. So that's uh, something I'm going to get into when we start comparing because 80% of the features on uh, certified lover boy are also on Kanye's album. Yeah. Like everybody on Donda mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. basically on certified lover boy and Certified Lover Boy is like the motives for the features. Like I get they're all like bros and they're all like friends, but it just sat it didn't sound like oh yeah, let's execute this vision on this song. Whereas like, I don't know, Kanye kind of orchestrated people around a, like a vision that he has for a song. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yes, it's gonna you're gonna get the ESPN posts of basketball players saying, Oh, this is Young Thug, Future and Drake on on Way Too Sexy, which is a good song. I like that song, but you're going to get all Thank the you. clicks. You're going to get all the buzz for those songs because they're big artists. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like if you say put little baby and the weekend on hurricane, I just feel like there's a way there's, there was a way different approach to those two features than it was putting little baby on a song on certified. Level there's, level. there's way more of like, Whoa, we paired this person with that person on this track um for the donda album you know another thing that i i think i liked about donda and you know correct me if i'm wrong about this but i thought that it was cool that there there are a lot of features on donda but it doesn't if i'm not mistaken most songs have one like one or two features and i feel like there aren't like a lot of songs that have like three or four people yeah. like going in. there's no songs that are like verse after verse after verse like big name artist big name artist and we're like let's throw this that there's not a bunch of uh what's that song ty dolla and fka twigs and 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 um X and shit like that yeah, yeah yeah the one that alan likes a lot and like i'm glad he avoided doing that i thought like yeah weekend and little baby like unconventional but a really good mixture they both came together with something that um, fit the track really well. They both sounded inspired to be on that track. And I agree with Drake. It's it's more like you're taking all everything that they do a little bit more at face value. Like, okay, you put Drake yeah. and Future and Thug on a song, you know it's gonna go. And and then the, obviously what the song turns out to be, like you know what that's incredible. Be, so it's an incredible song. <clears throat> it's an incredible song. But so it's just like yeah. I think that has a lot to do with. I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about Certified Lover Boy. But I feel like. A lot of that has to do with so the artistry on Donda versus kind of like the more like casual uh, appearances on CLV. I feel like that has a lot to do with kind of the back and forth between these guys because I think the pressure was kind of put on Kanye more so than it was put on Drake. Like I think Drake is at a point where he's like, I don't really need to prove anything to Kanye West. Like, and the cert certified lover boy seems 
way more casual and way more just like i'm i'm just having fun with this shit like whereas donda is like clearly like more of a spiritual and like personal kind of venture cathartic in a way cathartic there was a lot more there was uh, a lot more that had to go into donda for it to like perform the way it has whereas with drake he drops any type of album he has any kind of feature guest list or whatever it's going to do about the numbers that he's doing now yeah um so i did feel like I mean, now that kanye has a problem with numbers but like, no he doesn't yes. but if you think about albums like yay or something like that like you know those I, donda seems to be coming in way harder on the you know on the streams the numbers and just the general right. attention around it um but it's because he's made this whole ordeal out of it um from who's on it to how long it took to come out and just the whole nature of how everything kind of shook out um so I do I do agree with the notion that there was like a little bit more pressure on Kanye, um, yeah, than there was with with Drake. But I also think that they both, you know, and this is like the thing with both of them. They're gonna, you know, they just the same people who have always loved Drake albums are probably going to enjoy this at least somewhat, and the same people who have always never liked him. You know, this isn't the album that's gonna make him you like him. A lot of it's people who don't, the, yeah. A lot of people who don't like modern Kanye music, right? That's an archetype of music fan out there, like just liking old Kanye shit. This isn't going to be really the album that that impresses them. Um, it's a tired, it's a tired personality trait to be. Like, I, no, I agree, yeah. I agree, but it's very. But they don't out. just like old Kanye. That's they the like thing, dark though, too. Like, <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I kind of fall in more into that world not because i like am glorifying old kanye west music because it's good like i do like a lot of the stuff i used to listen to but like yeezus i think is has grown on me a lot in in the past and and the life of pablo i think after many many days of devon telling me that like life of pablo is elite i'm sorry to like it is i'm sorry to it is I'm glad we're like, all in agreement on that. But like this new album, really, like I'm maybe I'm in you know endangering myself right now with you three. But like <laughs> this new album is not interesting to me at all. Like there's moments that are really good. I think the Fabio Foreign feature is probably my favorite part on the whole album. I think his feature. Was I great. think same. But a lot of people are and, saying And that. then like Playboy Cardi's good. Little Baby's good. The weekend song, like the weekend's part was good but it didn't feel natural to me i didn't think that like his what he's singing about did not feel natural to me it felt <laughs> like kanye felt. west said sing this and the weekend sang it and yeah. and then like but then there's shit that i just don't i just think is boring and like the chance the rapper sound song sounds like something off of the big day which is like everyone the what song the, the chance, chance the rapper song or the or sorry the uh I don't remember what song it is. It's like a, I don't know. It's another just preachy ass song. Um, Do you remember? Well, I really want to know which one he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know. What is? Which one is it? Is it Pure yeah. Souls with Roddy Rich? Maybe that is what it is. That one's good. Wait, let's that one. Let's but, the truth I is mean, what you only get away with, huh? Huh? Hard for me to know when I. Trials they don't put the features on the album. Okay, Spotify. you can tell. Okay, the Lil Durk song. The Yari song, Junior Watanabe. Oh, fuck it. No, Remote like Control. Uh, I'm not going to remember the names of these songs. Regardless, New it doesn't again. matter. <laughs> There's so, it really doesn't matter what the feature is or what song it is. The point I'm trying to make is, unless it was a really high moment 
which mostly were feature moments, I thought it was mostly boring and I couldn't get into it because it was too preachy. Also, maybe I shouldn't have listened to it at work, but still, <laughs> I, I just that's, like... That's a good point, too. I don't know. I got almost nothing out of this album. And that's not to say we can compare and contrast CLB. That's not to say I got anything more out of the Drake album. Yeah. I thought both <laughs> yeah. these albums were yeah. really boring. Yeah, like, no, I really I didn't get into that. either of these. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, want to spoil but it. But I also said the same thing, not the same exact thing, but I also didn't love a lot of Kanye music when it first came out. So who knows? Maybe in a year or I don't know. How long has Jesus been out? I'm finally starting to figure out eight that's a great years. album. Yeah, it took yeah, me eight years to like kind of get into that more. Wow, I was listening um, to Jesus this weekend and it went fucking crazy on yeah, that. No, yeah, I, no, I, I had think to put that it on is a different an elite level. album now, but it took me a long time to realize that. And I don't know. I just don't know if this is... That's it's, an, that's... it's tough for me to get into an hour and 30 minutes, even without the part twos or whatever. Also, fuck the baby and Marilyn Manson. I think that's stupid, and I still like that, that was stupid. What, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I just think that's. I, I agree. Know. It was a. It was just unnecessary. You know, this is kind of shit. Yeah. It comes with comes with yeah. comes with Kanye albums. And it's that's not exactly that I don't expect it from him. I'm, it's not exactly, that I'm surprised. Exactly. But I just think like, I don't well, know. There's a line. There's a line for me, and uh, maybe that's like some nitpicky shit. But like, there's a line for me, and it's pretty much starts with Marilyn Manson. <laughs> if if I remember correctly, my first listen with this was also very lukewarm. Like I I don't know, you know there's a lot going on and so in my first listen with a lot of albums, I just try to let it wash over me and I try to just hear it once all the way through and and just kind of go from there. And so I've felt similarly but it was uh, after a couple listens that I, the thing that has been sticking with me is um, a lot of different songs on this album have been getting stuck in my head in a way that I like. And I've also noticed it's like eight songs yes. like that are like constantly rotating in my mind, like hooks and different parts of the albums that, yeah. you know, it kind of it kind of has been calling me back to the album in certain sections. And so I'll start the album if we're listening to it at Junior or something like that. No, um, yeah, that's you know, literally that hook has been in my head since it came out. Yeah. And that's the, just my brain. 80% of the time is just Junior Watanabe on my room. Hey, hey. Yeah. That, that shit goes nuts. I mean, there are a lot of moments in here and I can kind of go down. It's really the whole track list for me. And I, I did really yeah. enjoy this, but you know, like off the grid hurricane, mm -hmm. uh, Jonah with that hook. I really, really like that hook. Okay. Okay. Still for me. I like that. Uh, Junior is the one that's been getting stuck in my head a lot. 24 moon. With the Kid Cudi hums and all that shit. Um, and the I one mean, thing I, I didn't realize until I started listening to it again is that they extended, they had the extended Cardi verse on the part two of Junior, and that shit goes crazy yeah. too. That was, that was a nice little Easter egg that I found because I heard the full verse at one of the listening parties. I'm like, this is incredible. And then it got cut, I noticed it got cut short on the, like, the first part. I was like, man, I would have really loved to hear more from Cardi on that, but it fuck it. That's the song that's been stuck in my head for a week. We took over. We took over. I mean, dude. But like, but yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna like, you could go because the uh, the part the part of the album that really didn't it took a little bit to grow on me was the the stretch from Praise God to Okay Okay. Because I didn't really, I, I still don't, I'm not, I, I'm still not head over heels for that Keem verse. It might just be me. I just mm, think it goes I like too that long. Keem verse a lot. Maybe you just treat your Lord and Savior like renters insurance. That's 
Probably. Probably. I mean, truthfully, if I'm going to come clean, yeah, probably. But also, the song we haven't mentioned is Believe What I Say. That's like, well, that's one of the best Kanye samples I think he's ever done. Oh, yeah. that's the, 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 the Lauren Hill sample. Hill one. Yeah. Which Drake used that in uh, Scorpion, I think. Yes, I saw No, that. no, no. It was, no, it was um, earlier on. X Factor. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. an earlier I got it fucked up. My bad. Okay. I thought he used the same sample, and I was like, that's interesting. No, on Nice, on nice for What you're talking yes, about? Yes, Nice for What. Yeah. That's, that's X Factor. Yeah, that's for yeah. X Factor. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Good, 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 good. Um, uh, yeah, I love that song too, and that's another one that's that's fun. It's, it's it has been stuck in my head too. Uh, right after that, twenty four, twenty four hours, that and that's about is... Kobe. I didn't think it was about Kobe. I just thought yeah. it was like a parallel that was just twenty four, but oh, okay. it's kind of, it's about Kobe, and that hits a lot different when you yeah. listen to it. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't today. I was listening to, I was like, either. damn. Yeah, that's that's because I didn't realize how close they, like they weren't like close close, but like they were obviously they crossed paths multiple so many times in their. You know, mm. um, what was Jesus Lord like? Because that song is nine minutes. I feel like that's important to. I know thought... it's not. I mean, it's like five minutes. That's the J Electronica the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is one of the more okay songs to me, especially with it being really. So long. Really, I thought that was. The, I thought, oh right, because then the the Larry Hoover Jr. part is at the end of this. Why it's so long? Yeah, yeah. that's that's a whole three minutes. So that's it's kind of I don't kind of like an eight minute song. I I don't kind of like as a runaway, but right. <laughs> Um, yeah, this one was just kind of okay to me, but when we also brought it up earlier, but Pure Souls, Roddy Rich on there. I think me, he's amazing like, on that. And I don't, I'm not a huge Roddy Rich guy. I, I love to ironically like, uh, Ballin. You better unironically like it. Wait, no, no, no. I, 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 there are hits on that album. And also to anybody listening to this that hasn't really peeped Roddy Rich in his, in his, uh, you know, um, in his best moments. I feel like the NPR Tiny Desk Home concert he did, he was one of the first ones to do do mm. it from home. It's really nice. It shows you how good his vocals, his cadence, and no, his performance is. He has yeah. Such, yeah, he has such a good vocal control of his everything. Just everything on that whole song, he commands the whole track. Like, he does, he outperforms Kanye on that track. In that yeah, th- there's, a, there's a few moments on here that outperform Kanye. Um... But, but yeah, to me, it's it's similar yeah. to the West Side Gun thing where, like, I kind of know that Kanye's goal is to, like, create this whole thing and that he's really one big piece of it. But he's kind of willing to, like, let these other moments shine, whether that be more than him or on the same level or, or not. Um, it all seemed for the greater good of most of the songs in a lot of ways. So uh, any final thoughts about donda alone i feel like we covered a lot of what there is to say about this album um i know it's coming down to like the three of us myself ben and alan all really enjoyed it trent less so but yeah any any uh any final thoughts on on donda yeah i'll say uh i was talking about it with my friend yesterday and today it to me as a biased Kanye fan it sounds like the hungriest he's been in a very long time like his verses like there are verses on here like off the grid is in is one example but True. Jesus Lord okay. is also Jesus Lord is also another example of a verse where he literally it sounds like he's actually putting so much effort into these verses like genuinely from a point that he hasn't really opened up about since his mom died like it was the one bar from Jesus Lord. It was like, if I if I talk to God tonight, can I bring yeah. my mom back to life? And if I die tonight, will I see, see her in the afterlife? 
And then back that to reality shit. where it's a yeah. tragedy. That shit. Yeah. Those verses and just everything in general, like the construction of this album, it just sounds like he's so hungry right now. He was so yeah. hungry to like prove something because in stark contrast to Certified Lover Boy, it just doesn't seem and obviously Drake has different motives to drop an album, but the hunger and emotion behind this album is so palpable comparing it to CLB. And that's just what I'll that's the last thing I'll say. Yeah, the albums are really different, like just in the scope of what they vastly attempt, of what they attempt to do. And I I know that I'm going to be a little bit more partial to uh, Kanye, who, you know, really put this whole this whole, you know, giant ordeal together to make an album. Um, yeah. You know, that's that is a little more interesting to me. And, and I, I feel like I'm I'm a little biased against what Kanye tries to do with his music versus what Drake tries to do with his music, uh, at least in current day. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll save the comparisons. I think Donda's really, really good. I've been floating between like a seven and a half and an eight and a half on this album. Yeah. And um, that's about the range I put it in. Yeah. Yeah. Today it was more on the eight and a half side. I was kind of surprised because I was starting to cool off of it a little bit. And I had a, a really, really good listen before we did this podcast. And um, yeah. I have it as a nine, and that's very, very gen- like very, very high on the spectrum for me. But I have it as like a nine on a really, really good day. Yeah, it, it. you know, because that's where I see that's where I see um, like Pablo and Jesus. I mean, Jesus is probably closer to a ten or a nine and a half than this is, but I see it as like in that vein, like Pablo and and Jesus, and that's yeah. like top. It honestly would stack up to be like top five, top six. Oh, really quick before we do finish this Donda I'll give section, it a six and six point eight. I'm not mad at that at all. That's a jet. That's a, a good set, like a basically a, a seven. That's like a. Really that's what I'm saying score. is I don't hate the album. I just didn't like it. It, it didn't get me, didn't get me jonesing for more yeah. like for more every track. So really quickly, guys, before we go, um, um, discography, discography, we're gonna just go and say, is this album better than? X is Donda better than, and we're gonna go down the discography, and we're gonna we're just gonna all each one of us say yes or no or or you know whatever. So um, we will start at the beginning. Uh, let's go with the college dropout. Is Donda better to you than the college dropout? I'll start by no. saying no. <laughs> no, I don't no. think so, but it's close. That's how I'm not I, really a college dropout guy. College dropout for me, yeah. I mean, I love late registration more, but to me, it's oh, still yeah, like a nine and a half, ten, or whatever. Um, so I, I feel like, okay, unanimous, not better than, than the college dropout late registration to me. No, that no, is no, my favorite. No. That no. is my favorite Kanye album to date. Drop dropped on my birthday. Mm. Your birthday just passed, by the way. Happy, happy birthday, my man. Thank you. But yeah, that's the craziest shit ever. Cause it's like my favorite album of all time. And it dropped on my birthday when I was like five, it was my fifth birthday. It's crazy shit. I didn't even know about I it. I just have like kid a. Ago. Real, real woke ones. No, one. real. All I know is that um, uh, Bone Thugs in Harmony, um, Crossroads was like dominating the airwaves all through 1996. Like I was looking up like, you know, for a lot of different dates, like what was uh, the number one song uh, when you were born in 1996? And like for most of that year, it was it was the Crossroads. That song was ginormous. Um, Okay, so next one we got. uh, Let's see. Would it be graduation? Yeah, yeah, mm, it's better. It's better. This is where th- these are on even pars to me because I, I no. mean, 
Uh, graduation's probably a little better. I feel I like I feel like people are a little south on graduation more than we used to be, but yeah, graduation. graduation to me is still like a nine. I say over graduation, and that's a hot yeah, take, but. I and, also and, love graduation though. Well, like, and you're I, the highest on this particular album too. So like, yeah. So yeah. so it correlates. Fair enough. Um, but I just don't like graduation that much. So that might be why. But I just I think it's better than graduation. So two yeses and two noes here, right? The two elder statesmen, the two old guys here, me, myself, and Trent. You know, we're, we still like <laughs> the classic stuff. Um, so okay, interesting. Then we go to uh, 808s and Heartbreaks, and that's a really interesting one because I'm no. fond of that album. But I love 808s and Heartbreaks. I love it too. I used to, I used to really, really love it, and I'm cooler off of it now. I might say Donda is better than 808s and Heartbreaks. I'm not it sure. It is, maybe. In my opinion, it is. I for me. I haven't heard 808s in full in like years, so I can't really give a like a full like good opinion. But like I think it it barely is. Like I, I feel like that's a really like kind of even to me like it's, it's a good debate there this is a good debate between these two albums it's hard to say because honestly without 808s i don't think we'd have anything that he experimented with exactly. that's why i that's why i'm kind of reluctant to say it but i do put it over it i think well, I this like is like more than i don't like this is I mean, almost like, like the, the donda album for that time and what he was doing right i mean because yeah. that was that was the album after she passed so in a way these two albums yeah. parallel to me in an interesting way an yeah. interesting conversation to be had there about that album but after 808s and heartbreaks came my beautiful dark twisted fantasy some people think no. that's like the greatest album ever uh i think we i think it's also a, a fairly even combo between these I... two i i might have okay i'll say this my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to me 8.5 or 9 Donda 7.5 to 8.5. So it's the conversation is there to be had for me. I might give it the edge to my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy personally. Alan, what about you? Okay, so I don't I I like Dark Fantasy more than I did when it went back in November when I gave it the a 6, but um <laughs> I'd still put Donda over it, but like I do like Dark Fantasy more and it's a lot closer than I would have said, you know, back in November. I think I'm making the rounds on it again. I think at one point, like when I was like the uh, 14-ish, it was like my favorite album ever. Then I overplayed it. Then I stopped liking it. And I think now I'm like back, like back into the, it's like a cycle thing. Mm. And I'm on the, it's good part of the cycle. So be Donda better or not? Donda better. Okay. Ben? Don yes. Donda, yeah. Trent? I said that. I said that to my friend, and he was like, "What the fuck are you on?" <laughs> and I was like, "But he's not like a, he's not like a dark twisted fantasy like Stan. He's just like, what the fuck are you talking about?" And I'm like, yeah. "I don't know. I just fucking like it more." Most people hold it in really high regard. Obviously, there's people out there, that, you know, I mean, think it's like his best album, um, which at one time I did. Like when it came out, I thought, "Yo, this is the album." But uh, Trent, what about you? No, I, I think. Fantasy's probably like my second favorite Kanye album, so I'd I'd say no. What's your first, Trent? Donda. Late registration. Donda. <laughs> yeah. Late it's crazy. You me you me and Dev all have late registration as number one though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, mean, I actually do love eight oh eights. I, I think that's a very underrated album, but um so far I have nothing I don't have Donda above anything yet. <laughs> mm. Okay, well maybe you will here in a in a moment. Um <laughs> So uh, after that would be Jesus. Now, no. 
Now, oh, if no. this was two years ago, okay, no. I would have said I would have said these albums are. I I would have said Donda is probably better, but Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus no, is still flawed yeah. to me in some aspects, but Jesus is incredible in a lot of other aspects. So is is the Chief Keef verse still on Jesus? Yes. Then it's better. Then it's better. Then it's better. Yeah. These bros can't handle yeah, no. me. Yeah, that shit is dope. Okay. Um. So Jesus, I, I think that was a unanimous. We all like Jesus a little bit more than this one. Yeah. Um. And then we would have uh, Pablo. Son. Not better. Pa- Pablo oh. is my Pablo over Pablo over Donda. Yeah. Pablo over Donda for me. Pablo's a but clean like, nine for me. Oh, a, like yeah, a very strong nine. Very for me. Very strong eight and a half. That to was nine like, for me. Like outside of like, Pablo was the Pablo was the album that made me like reconnect with Kanye because I listened to Kanye a lot when I was little, like four, five, six, like when my, with my dad, and I stopped listening just in general to music, and I got back into it because of that album. So I, I have I hold it in very high regard. I would well, say this is the closest I've come. To, to, to putting uh, one to yeah but I, I think above. pablo is still a bit better well and the thing i was i think it's interesting now seeing like the whole live stream situation and whatnot because i was totally there oh for, yeah i was totally there for that when pa- when pablo came out i do remember like going to my local movie theater and and actually mm. watching the first stream and and seeing like yachty and and young thug like modeling and shit so like I remember having like this kind of Donda experience for that album. It is one of my favorites. I would say Pablo is still better to me. Um, it is one of my favorites, like top three, top four Kanye records. Uh, and then that would bring us to Yay. I think that would bring us to Yay as the next like studio yeah, Yay album. It's like a tie for me. Donda's better than Yay by me uh, by like a mile. I'm. I started to like Yay. A little bit more. I hated it at first. I kind of like it now. And then Jesus, Actually, I don't, I'm, I'm indifferent to it now. I'm kind of indifferent to it. There's some, again, another album with like some really good stuff and some really whatever um, on the project. But, uh, and then that brings us to Jesus is King, um, which I think is, uh, I think that's probably lowest on the yes. totem pole for me for, for Kanye West album. yes. But like it's still close. I'd say yes, but I, I'd say yes. But since I sound like I've been hating on Donda this whole time, it sounds like I'm really hating on Jesus is King. But I respect Jesus is King. And I think it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, this would be the lowest for me again on yeah, the totem pole. Is it's probably like a six and a half for me. So a uh, very incredible career. But uh, Ben, what was your? Well, I think I know. Jesus is King versus Donda. Jesus is King would be last for me personally, and then I would put Donda over. I would honestly put Donda over Yay too, but Yay honestly grew on me a little bit when I was for like the first listening party. I went back and listened to Yay, and that actually inspired me to write about Yay later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But like Ghost Town, uh, Violent Crimes, No Mistakes, like those are like I don't really like All Mine, and I think there's a second, there's another track I don't really like. But there's such good highs on that album that people don't really talk about because yeah. it's like kind of short and people kind of forgot about it after, you know. Yeah, and he was happened. like releasing all these other side projects at the time too with all the other people, like the yeah. Montana whole thing. So, 
Okay, yeah, I I like that. From the, real quick, go ahead. sorry to do this. No, I didn't get my thoughts off before we did be the whole sorry. ranking thing. Um, Donda in general, like it's it's good. It's a good album. Like kind of like where Jeff said, I'm more than the eight and a half ish, a little bit lower than that range. It's good, but like overall, I just I don't feel Kanye's ever gonna get back to his like prime, like his peak. Um, fucking like it's just a Kanye album. It's just like a middle of the road in his discography. It's a good album, but I don't think he's ever gonna What's get, his get back. What's his peak for you? I think the big four that we all said, like, that was unanimously better than Donda, um, College Dropout, Late Registration, of uh, Yeezus, and Pablo. Pablo. I don't think he's ever going to get back to those peaks. Maybe if, I know Ben was, like, not griping. He was griping a little bit, like, about how he was we were gatekeeping different versions. But, like, if it was, like, all my favorite versions, like, all, like, specifically the versions that I like most, like, if it was Yandy Hurricane or some shit... And like we, he just did that for all those songs. Like he just was tailored to my taste. It might be like top five, top three, but I don't, I don't think he's ever gonna. Get, he might be in a legacy act. This okay. might be, yeah. For me, I think I don't even know if he's gonna like. Obviously, he's probably gonna drop more music, but this feels like if he stopped making music, like solo solo records, I would be content because yeah. I don't know. This feels like a reach for a mixture of everything he's done and does it in an ambitious way with people that he normally wouldn't work with in this tribute to his mom i just think yeah yeah i think he has yeah so i i think he has like a two different peaks depending on who you ask like i think it's like there's the early peak which no i don't think he'll ever yeah, do, I don't think he has any like, interest in ever even doing anything like that again. Right. And then he has like a Yeezus Pablo peak, which I think actually starts with 808s. But I like that peak, I feel like is more reminiscent. Like it's still, you, st- you still see like shades of that in like Donda and even in Ye. I think there were shades of that. And certainly I think you see it on like Kids Seek Ghosts and shit like that. But yeah. Like I think that, like I feel like he has. I feel like he has another like Pablo caliber record in him, like down the line. If he if he wanted to, I don't think Donda is that. Like I think, uh, I me, think one his mindset's just way different now. I think he had to be like as ignorant and angry as he was to make a Jesus and a Pablo. And yeah. now I think he's coming, maybe not more to like peace, but more to terms with like his uh, demons or whatever you want to call them. Like his yeah, his the own album personal is, is way more things. about like healing through making yeah. music and, and stuff too so uh we, also, didn't, we didn't bring up ksg um yeah i don't know how y'all feel about that's that. like a top well, i think it's better than donda it's better than donda <sighs> for what it's going so, for for what it's, it's going for it might be better than donda uh, that's another one that's like there's an even conversation to be had there for me I yeah could, I, I could i could um i could really go either way on that mm-hmm. well I think we need, should close it there. I feel like um, we have said plenty on that album. I feel like we're going to have less to say about Drake, and we've already started to say some of what we feel about the Drake album. Uh, but that's all fine because we've already been going for a minute. We I guess we don't have too much time left. Um, so let me pull up the Certified Lover Boy by Drake album. Um, now, there's a lot of debate out there about this album cover. I pulled some of my some of my followers want to know what they thought about this album cover. Good, good. Uh, four out of every five people didn't didn't really dig it very hard. I'm in the minority. 
I enjoy the album cover. I thought it was interesting and fun enough. Um, it's got nice colors. I can I can at least say that too. Uh, why are we not? Why why do I? Why I just can't I hear any get, I just yet? don't really get it. Like it's just, because it's, like it's Damien Hurst. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. So I'm not fucked up enough to get it. You have to be. You have to be really. Yeah, you're. You're not tortured to soul open. to you're... get Damien Hurst. <laughs> hey, yeah, you probably never heard of him, but Damien Hurst is inspiring that album cover. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know, like the condescending music douchebag. Yeah, but like for Drake, it's that's funny. Yeah. That's a funny bit. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the condescending Drake fan. <laughs> yeah. that. No, dude, come on, bro. Um, uh, I'm still trying to get. Uh, I mean, it's going. not like the worst thing I've ever seen. I just. It's kind of it's stupid, which I think it's supposed to be. But yeah, a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, a little tongue in cheek for sure. Um, for some reason, I can't I can't get Spotify to play, so we're gonna, gonna have to wait on the tunes to come in. But the tunes, more yeah, tunes. Excuse me, the tunes and the tings. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now with this album, I honestly I was pretty excited about this album. Like before I heard you know any of the music, I. We've talked about it on the podcast, like in since Dark Lane demo tapes dropped. Like I feel like we reviewed it at the time. And we were like, "This is cool. It's okay," you know. But then o- over the course of from then till today, like that album, that it's not even really an album, but it has grown it's on like, me a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's funny now. Like one of my favorite Drake projects, basically. Um, but so I'm kind of high on on Drake again. Whereas, like, leading up to the Scorpion era and stuff like that, I was pretty low on Drake music. And then, like, hearing that album, that, which actually still has some very good songs on it, was, like, one of my least favorite Drake albums to hear on Impact. Um, so, we're here now in 2021. This album was supposed to come out early 2021, January even. And... I kind of wonder, like, what what all took place to make this album take so long to come out. I think um, it was a twenty ACL or some shit that he like <laughs> just delayed it. He, he Wait, said he got hurt, and he's like, "Yeah, he said he got injured." He's like, "Bro, the the CLB recording is gonna have to take a a temporary break." I was like, "Bro, you can't just sit down and do it. You can't just sit down <laughs> in the studio and fucking record these verses." Like, I don't know. That was weird. And then, like, he pushed it back again. When did he push it back? After January? He pushed it back again to, like, August. No, he said it would be out yeah. by the end of the summer. Like, I think June, July-ish. Cap. And yeah. technically, it was out by the end of the summer. Like, the everyday weekend. But Bro, Drake really thinks that he has, like, a roster spot on the Rappers. He's like, <laughs> I got a torn ACL, I'm out. <laughs> Not I don't get it. Yeah, I, need to, I need to work on rehabbing. The out, the, um... I, d- I didn't say anything about the album cover, but the album cover's, like, fine. It's, like, pretty... It's whatever. It's, it's pretty impressive. And, like, a like an <laughs> ironic... It's, like, pretty impressive to look at. I, I think the big those... thing was, like, the meme potential. Because, like, you saw all these brands and all these, yeah. like, yeah. T- yeah. big accounts kind of just copying it. Um, I don't know if that's what Damien Hurst was looking for. I don't know what the fuck is going on in Damien Hurst's brain. Like, he's, like, <laughs> I, like he, I think, like, 30 years ago, he just put, like, a fucking shark in formaldehyde like a dead shark and just sold it for 10 million dollars and that's just like a thing and i i really my third eye isn't open i don't get his art <laughs> I, it's art 
that I'll I'll give him that. Like I appreciate it as it is, but I just I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, bro knows how to put some colors together. I'll give him that. <laughs> he can put some he can put some color schemes. The pregnant women like are that. definitely wearing different colored clothing. They are, and they also have different colored skin, which I think you know is yeah, important in the, the lore of hat. Drake's music. You know, I'll I think he's just hitting you with the I, many I different flavors of you know his love Diversity. life in the past many years. Um, there's a you lot think of Damien Hurst like actually uses emojis when he's texting. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't. <laughs> probably I, not. I feel like he's too avant-garde to like use a. <laughs> he just he typed like Kanye with the fucking yeah the line breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he texts he texts in like Cardi language. Cam Newton <laughs> Cam, with like Cam the Newton. with like Cam Newton's uh fucking uh like hieroglyphics uh. <laughs> Text and shit like that. I feel like Damien Hurst has a Blackberry still. <laughs> he might. He loves the full Carrier like. Pigeon. He loves the full keyboard and like the yeah. actual yeah, button on the keyboard. Pigeon. Yeah. He's got a pigeon and two cans on a string. That's how. He <laughs> <communicates>. <laughs> oh, shit. He's probably like rich enough that like anybody that he needs to contact is just like right there living <laughs> yeah. in his house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm also kind of on the fence. Like, I like the album cover, but I, I can't decide if it's, like, a genius thing because people are going to always know what it is when they see it. They're going to be able to identify it only with Drake. Yeah, there's the meme potential. People are already kind of, like, using and reusing the um, the the image. Um, and I can't tell if it's going to be – I'm just, like, looking at uh, Alan's foot over here. What's up, shit, bro? Shit, bad, I'm loving that angle, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I don't know how to position the phone with the headphones in, so I'm just trying no, to. You good, bro? You good? I just wanted. I was catching angle. a glory shot there. I just wanted to, make sure, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I can't tell if it's like gonna be a short-lived thing or uh, or a kind of an iconic thing. But um, you know, Marketing for what it was, wise, I, it's genius. Yeah, yeah. For, for what it was, I I that seems to be like a recurring it. thing with Drake. No, I did like that he took a page out of the. Uh, I want to make sure he doesn't normally do this. Does Drake normally have like a beat switch on the first song of an album? Because I mean, when you think about it, there's like uh, "Keep the Family Close," right, which kind of pitches up real hard so, yeah. towards the end. And free then, smoke wasn't. I'm trying to remember. What, what always? Yeah, I'm looking right now. The, the, the looking one right that I, the one no that comes switch. to mind first though was. Uh, uh, nothing was the same. So Tuscan leather with the two beat switches uh, in there, three yeah. different beats in there. So maybe he doesn't do it every time, but I think that's kind of a Drake special to hit you with. Mm. The, was there with a the beat, beat switch, switch on the... Digital Dash, or was it just straight heat the whole way through? I can't remember because I mean that's a, yeah. that's a collab album, but I'm just saying like in general. I'm looking at his discography right now. I'm looking at all the intro tracks. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, yeah. I I did really like the the opener. Um, I mean, looking back at it, that's that's probably got to be one of my favorite tracks, just because for for Drake, I don't know. It was nice to hear him come into the first beat like really relaxed. Um, I really enjoyed the beat switch. It got the album kicked off on like a really good note. Um, to kind of surmise what I think about the track list in general, there's like these pockets where it gets less yes. interesting and then there's these pockets where it gets it gets very good to me um and so the first one is champagne poetry i think is fantastic poppy's home i think i thought was fine i don't remember loving it mm. but it's 
girls want girls and uh in the bible the the dirk and Giveon song that were like eh to me then we get to jay-z I and I, i'm like well okay now we got jay-z but i think the dirk verse was great dirk verse was good yeah dirk on both albums very good jay-z on both albums very good um uh, i don't know i, I think on this album it's kind of like he was just phoning it in like he doesn't realize he can just say no and he just like 50 no, something no i liked of... it i liked it i thought his verse no i like the beat here. the beat on love all too was the first beat i actually like really liked like the underwater the underwater beats i struggled with that... some of the beats and the flows on this album that's that's the thing like I, I i some didn't go off the rip for me um and some kind of had to set in for a little bit um i will say the worst feature on the album Easily Kid Cudi, in my opinion. Thank you. Yes. Easily Kid Cudi. I agree. I agree. I, we Kid Cudi haters in here. Thank you for no, reminding no, yeah, me I, of something I really wanted to say about this album or bring up in talking about this album is the Kid Cudi feature has often honestly been terrible, I think. Like, a lot of times Kid Cudi features go terribly, and I, I think it's for a similar reason that um, Travis Scott features are hard to like sometimes. Because if it's not the right artist working with them, they often just get consumed by the. They just they they either end up making a Kid Cudi record because Kid Cudi's on it, or they heard their song and thought Kid Cudi would fit well on here, and that's all I seem to get. Now, when I think about Kanye's collaborations with Kid Cudi, they have all the chemistry in the yeah. fucking world, and 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 also they they I mean they've had time and chemistry together and. Kanye kind of outweighs the presence of, of Kid Cudi in that space. And so they make innovative new stuff together because everything that everybody identifies as Kid Cudi music, they all made a long time ago, right? So like to them, that's old. They want to push each other to do something new. But when Kid Cudi gets on a song with anybody else, it's like they just want to make a Kid Cudi song. And I feel like that, that doesn't pan out about, well. The shit I'll say about Kid Cudi in general with the features is that Besides Kanye, because I'll, I'll give my I'll tip my hat to Kanye with it, because he knows how to supplement his music with Kid Cudi in it rather than making yeah. it a Kid Cudi tailored song. That's exactly because what I'm saying. In large, in large part, Kid Cudi tailored songs aren't good because you let him speak for too long and he, like like the, even the verse on Metamorphosis on Whole Lot of Red like oh, I don't know you hmm. yeah don't like that like, either. You throw <laughs> you just like a lot of these songs are just putting Kid Cudi on a song because it's Kid Cudi and not like. Where would Kid Cudi work on a song? Yeah. That's why Kid See Ghost is fantastic at it. That's why, honestly, him on Moon is fantastic. Yeah. But like I'm saying, this just felt like he threw on a Cudi song. Yeah, you know I mean? and hearing Drake and Cudi together, it was just it was just weird. It was just, I mean, I feel like I it was like one it. of those things that he, that he kind of did because he had a song that sounded like it would fit him, and he thought the look with them doing a song together would be interesting and it yeah. would be you know it would grab people's attention and to be fair it did and i don't think it was it, it was decidedly like my least favorite moment on this album probably um because i just think it's if you don't yeah. have something structured my for for kid cuddy to bring to your track then you run the risk of just letting yourself make a kid cuddy song um so I, again travis scott does this all the time i feel like you know him with like on migos records and stuff they just like turn into these travis like these tracks with total atmosphere that just breathes reads smells like you know um that artist so yeah i would say that that was probably the toughest feature for me but with, with that being said though then what were like one or two of the features that went 
the craziest oh. for you. You guys can go first on this. I'll go after you guys. 21 Savage. 21 yeah. Savage like getting a song, song that yeah. fit him. And then also the, the fact that they were trading verses too and going back and forth with one another, I thought was dope. A lot of respect from Drake to 21 Savage to like actually have them rapping back and forth on a song together. I liked Wayne's verse. Wayne was, yeah. Wayne yes. was really dope. I liked Wayne's verse. Yeah. And actually, I think Wayne has a good back-to-back weekends with the West Side Gun verse too. It was really good. Yes. Yeah, because his, his West Side Gun verse was killer as well. But that was my favorite. Um, Alan, how about you? Um, let me see. I think obviously I mentioned the Dirk verse. Uh, tra- I wouldn't put Travis as like one of the best features on the album, but it's a lot better than you know normal Travis. Um, I say Twenty One Project Pat, definitely the two future features. <clears throat> I agree. And you only live twice, both features. Ross and and Wayne, because Ross's Ross, verse is still solid too. And he mentioned Hialeah. Every time somebody mentions the Miami suburb, like that's Mac Hami did it this year, Rick Rosh's did it, instantly goaded. What was the <laughs> suburb? What, 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 what was it's that? not a suburb, it's like a part of Miami. Um Hialeah. Mac Hami did it, I think, on the twenty-sixth letter. He mentioned Palmetto. Yeah. Which is more yes, of a did. suburbish. Yeah. He mentioned I, it. I yeah. I can like hear his voice saying that that word, yeah. but I can't remember exactly where I heard it. But oh, real on the first track. Palmetto from here to Palmetto. There you Something go. Like that. That's a Um Yeah, I agree. The two future features were really dope. Into Deep is one of my favorite songs right now. Like That's probably stretch, my favorite song. The stretch from Way Too Sexy to Pipe Down is probably my favorite yes. stretch. And oh. honestly, the future feature on Way Too Sexy is like inspirational. Just the hook and then the energy. Because yes, on uh, what was the what was the album he dropped last year? Future high of life, life, high of life. He has moments like that, but the two features that were on this record are incredible. Those are probably my favorites. But also, like you guys said, the Wayne and Ross features were solid, and even the, I mean, Lil Baby's verse on Girls Want Girls. I don't really like Drake's performance on a lot of the songs that he has features on, but on this record, but Lil Baby on Girls Want Girls is also pretty solid too i agree with that the song girls want girls i thought ended up i mean the the hook's like funny enough but like i thought that song was more stupid than other songs on the album however the little baby verse the little baby verse did something for me yeah i like the i like the ten song as like the obligatory like dance hall track song is nice that song i thought that was pretty good Mm mm-hmm and and actually, I have an unexpected favorite song, and I don't—I <laughs> know it's not a good song, but I can't stop singing it. Is the "Get Along Better" thing with the "Get I saw Along that a lot Better of People with My it. Friends"? That's just so good. <laughs> oh my god, that is really intense. That it's like, like super stuck in my head. I get along better with your friends. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. A lot of people mentioned that it's like their favorite song. I didn't, it, I didn't see it personally, but yeah, I know it's, it's not, not a like, good song. It's just really catchy. Listen, way too sexy isn't a good song per se either, but it's still probably. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not, not going that far. I'm not going that far at all. I'm listen, not giving that listen. album any kind of like, oh, I love it, but no, no, no. That I love that no, song. Okay. It's great. It's, it's probably the best song, on the just album. Like you said about girls want girls, but it's it's probably the best song, maybe besides Into Deep. Yeah. Also, um. I think TSU would be a better song if he didn't say the chorus like 800 times. Like <laughs> that song, that song blew up on TikTok for a long time. And it's it just a the hook. And he, it, yeah, it was a leak and it blew up on TikTok and it was a ah. great leak. 
but he just doesn't really do anything with it for four minutes and then there's a beat switch but i just like the beat and his cadence on that track and then um what was i gonna say uh way too sexy is i don't alan i know you had a slip there but it's a it's a great song. <laughs> it's a stupid it, song i know you put song. your credibility maybe it's a for a moment song, there, but a great but, uh... song yeah oh and then oh this is what i was gonna say i respect the the dj screw interlude before tsu starts. before tsu that was cool too with all, with doing the different um the locations in yeah, texas yeah, yeah there's h-town cool. tsu like north side you know like i respect that and i also respect him for just showing love to like the dirty south and houston in general because honestly not a lot of people do that anymore and they should be because i don't know dj screw is incredible and like that's why i like savage mode too so much because metro and him really went in and also yeah. the chopped and screwed remixes yeah. of all the albums yeah that was, honestly i like this chopped and screwed version of savage mode more than the original which is crazy because i have that as like a nine there's a, a half, there's nine. gonna be a there's gonna be a chopped and screwed version of this album coming i don't know if it's no, like um, official for OG drake. on c always drops like a chopped not slop version of drake albums i don't know if it's gonna be official this time but like there's always a version yeah i would like to see an official one that would be dope but yeah yeah, yeah that could be that could be really dope um yeah way too sexy was fun i i, I haven't li i haven't seen the music video yet uh but it's, i heard that was funny i heard that's got yeah. that's there's a there's the fun guys on it the fun yeah, guys Ka on kawaii kawaii the my guy i'm a i'm a fun guy <laughs> <laughs> i love i love that i love that for him wait but speaking about the south and showing respect to the south what did y'all think about no friends in the industry i didn't like it what for real i i don't know like the, the, the subs he throws at Kanye on this record oh, are like, fair enough. He, he's just like whining, kind of. <laughs> because like, I mean, Kanye kind of addresses some things here and there on Donda, but like, it's kind, it's not like the focal point of like a song. I just, I like the beat, but the shit he's taught, it's just like, he's kind of like whining. Like he's 34 years old, bro. You've had the same friends for 15 years. <laughs> I saw the tweet and it's like, bro, you're, you've been complaining about your friends for 15 years. Maybe it's you. <laughs> and I, I, that's how I kind of feel about like when he's complaining about like not trusting anybody. It's like, bro, you're an adult. Like I'm, I'm 21 and I can tell when I'm supposed to trust somebody or not. But like, he's just like, oh man, everybody's stabbing me in the back. It's like, bro, you're letting these people in to an extent. Of course. Your father and you're so one. Fair hey, enough. I just I just really like the sound hey, on in, the beat overall sounds. I yeah, in favor of the record. I like Drake on like a faster kind of double timey beat. Um, I just like, the, I like the flowy bar. Which was that the Bun B sample? No, it was which, um which was the song with the Bun B sample? Get throat. I think that was a uh, fucking in too deep. Yeah, yeah, that's that sample's incredible. But yeah, yeah that any love to three six is, is essential too because I have this is a little tangent but I have Mystic Styles top five rap albums ever. So yeah, I know you're a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like any any love for three six like if you threw Juicy J on there too like that would have been cool, but you know what I mean like they had Project Pat. Yeah. Twenty one inch Project Pat song was pretty good. Here here's the part where I always shoot Drake a little bit of bail and here's and when we talk about our greatest rappers of all time conversation and I inevitably bring drake up into the the real creme de la creme right maybe top 10 um all mm -hmm. time it it will be on the merit of some of his albums because i do think he has some albums that put a like a lot together to make something really epic and get some great yeah. albums however 
it's really just the overall career, like just the longevity body of and, work. and the body of work outside of the albums. But I will say this. I feel like Drake making albums, especially post Take Care, post if you're reading this, uh, it's, too reading this is too late. It's a little I I don't want to sneeze at the difficulty, the level of difficulty it could be to make a Drake album. I feel like maybe what I'm trying to say is there I mean he has to please all everybody. At least these very wide sweeping ranges of fans and he doesn't have this precedent for his albums where he's unpredictable and will just do something really artistic and and kind of um you know sideline his his uh presence in the industry on the radio and just mainstream music i feel like he tries to balance it more as whereas like kanye west he'll 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 take significant risks with his music yeah and i feel like it's not baked into to drake's music to take those risks and so when these albums come together and they're a little bloated and there's these moments that I love and then there's moments that I could do without, you know, I kind of understand that because for other fans, like they're going to sort of gravitate to these other moments on the album and that's why they're there. And that's why I like this album and other people like this album and, and so forth. But what, what were you guys going to say? I was going to say, I hate doing this cause I hate these people but I hate comparing basketball players to rappers and I hate it and I'll hate it till I die. We should start but comparing rappers to wrestlers more than we do NBA yes, players. Do that, please. But I see, I mean, obviously cause LeBron and Drake are homies anyway, but like I see their careers being very similar in terms of lining them up because the track record and the longevity and the consistency is there. But like when you look at, I think Kanye is closer to Kobe in terms of just holding it down and like trusting in himself and, you know, surrounding people eventually with the same, like trusting in his own vision. But like, I see Drake as, yeah, like since if you're reading this is too late, I'll say is kind of like the, the breakaway point from like hungry, hungry Drake album to trying to, you know, broaden his horizons a little bit and we're trying to work with everybody he can to get the most attention get the most uh the drake lebron thing is so true because they were both like the chosen one from the moment they Mm -hmm. pretty much stepped in i was about to bring that up with the kanye kobe thing too is because kanye totally would be like a 13th pick (laughs) he totally would be like a lot and then nobody wanted career after the guy who who to me is the goat like jay-z or at least like you could put him in that lore right like, I think that story works out, right? Kobe always mimicked what Jordan was doing. And I feel like, you know, Kanye is like that product of Jay-Z. And so is Drake in a way. But, you know, like, Drake has really taken a different... There's just a different case for his greatness than there are for those other two guys. Because and I just think the features, like how he incorporates features, is a lot like how LeBron, like, pulls people in from all these different teams and it's like oh yeah we'll put kcp on this roster with me and then rondo it's like stuff that you just pull them out of their environment and bring them into your environment and automatically everybody just works you know what i mean he's made a like lot the drake features on this too. album work yeah. because of that like because it's drake and they're like holy shit i'm gonna work with drake and i'm just gonna do my thing on here but yeah That's how i I, I, I do think like again um and i think we can start getting into the part where <laughs> We are comparing and contrasting Donda to Certified Lover Boy. Um, Can I interrupt real quick? Go ahead. 
I I got a dip actually. Oh no problem, no problem. I got, I got a, a dip here pretty soon. I got yeah, me too. I got a dip here real soonish. So, but it was great talking to you guys about two albums. I'm pretty lukewarm on and don't really care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you, bro. Trent, always good. Holly, Hi, have a good rest of your conversation. We will absolutely. Peace, bro. All right, peace. Bye. Um, yeah, real quickly. I mean, just comparing and contrasting, Certified Lover Boy. The main thing I wanted to say was. I know there's this whole like beef going on and, and it, it is a rise out of some real stuff and it's been going on for a while and, and whatnot. But, you know, I can't help but shake the feeling that this feels eerily similar to the, you know, uh, 50 Cent and Kanye dropping albums on the same That's day. That's exactly how I feel. Together. To me, it really, really feels like recreational beef. And it really feels like beef that is like benefiting the two of them and the attention that these albums are receiving not to say that they don't have real issues with each other or that maybe there aren't maybe they don't like each other for whatever reason they don't have real problems but i do feel like if they really 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 had issues we wouldn't hear so many of the same people on one album versus the other we wouldn't see them dropping within days of one another and and all those kinds of things so while i do think that there's there's something there i do feel like um you know both these guys know what it what it means to really capture and, and kind of uh, promote a moment. And I think that they both still hold a mutual respect for each other um, and that they are having somewhat of a, a recreational beef, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel the same way. Alan, you can go first with that. I'll take. Um, I don't know. Like I do like it does like it's it's a pretty like empty beef like there's no like actual like there is i feel like th there is ill will and there's malice in it though because of the whole push a t thing like that's not fake that's that, beyond that not was fake. not fake i yeah, that I almost that like back then in 2018 when adon dropped like i i thought it would throw a wrench in drake's career obviously it didn't but like i feel like this whole thing overall it just doesn't feel like fake it might feel empty it might feel like a little i don't know like not like a real beef beef like feeling but like i think it is real like at least the malintentions between them. Yeah, I think, the roots, I think they're too. The yeah. I think they're they're both too big to really. You know, I just feel like there's there's enough money out there for for everybody. There's enough of whatever these two want for everybody. So while I I agree, you know, it is a rise out of some stuff that is really contentious, and they probably have problems with each other. At the same time, you know, I think they they both would probably find it more worth it to to make more of this than what really is so um yeah that, that was interesting to me again just them following each other and then ending up dropping around the same time and then obviously having a lot of the same features like you said it is a lot of people little baby little dirk jay-z uh travis scott young thug cuddy are all on both of these albums um which is which is interesting and that, for sure. That leads me to believe this is like this is just this might just be me. But I feel like Kanye knew about the features because obviously like obviously Jay-Z and Con and Cuddy are very close to him and I feel like he knew that they were going to be featured on that album too. I think or at so least too. Like, I think they know more about what's going to happen in both of their albums. I think they hear each other's music and get it leaked and all that stuff. I, I we were talking earlier about how um I mean, you know he played that that leaked song from him three and stacks three stacks and on i haven't Radio. heard that yet and somehow and, and when the whole push a t and, and drake thing was going on a lot of that was like they were getting each other's music and hearing what was happening and stuff like 
you know, because the, then there was a uh, – I'm losing what I was about to say. But, yeah, I feel like it's common for them to know more than what we know as the public. And then when we actually hear something come out, you know, they probably already knew about it. But I do think with, like – there are like these subtle jabs like i know you know weekend and drake aren't on the best of terms so kanye getting weekend on his album right is kind of like a little bit of a a jab there and i think like you know june on junior like the the last the latter half of his verse on junior is kind of like directed at drake i think the whole i'm not okay thing about like the whole cutting brass or whatever and snakes and whatnot i think that's about drake too you know what honestly the whole time i was listening to dadanda if it was more of like an emotional thing I, I i either thought he was talking about his mother or kim and if it was basically anything else i just attributed it to like drake him just being fixated on drake uh, i feel like yeah, a lot no. of times i'm like he's either one of these three things he's talking about because mm-hmm. that's honestly since uh since the release of pablo those are the three things that have defined his like like the death of his mother leading to him towards closer to Christianity and like the Drake beef and then the Kim and like the Kim divorce split up situation. Those are the three things that it kind of have defined his life in the past, I don't know, half a yeah, decade. The, the big storyline surrounding his life and his music too. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I was going to say, what was like, I was just about to say something about this, but the whole um, junior beef. Cause like he called, cause I think he calls Drake calls him junior or like on, on, poppy's home or something mm-hmm. he, he references that but i think the roots of this beef um because for Pusha t it was real because his wife got dissed and he was like fuck this i'm gonna rip your head i'm just off. gonna go out the window uh, uh, yeah we're, we're gonna take this to and drake's qualms with kanye were residing in the fact that he didn't give him a beat that he wanted and then he was also producing for Pusha T to drop the, that diss track. And right. He was co-signing and Drake, all Drake of it. went to the, I don't know if he actually went to, but Drake was a part of the Montana session. So at the time when he was there no, yeah, helping, he him, the... helping him record Yay, then all of a sudden. And he this... helped write um, Yikes too. Yes, yes. That, that's exactly. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the time, like so, that was happening. He leaves and then all of a sudden this, this diss track comes out and he's like, okay, that was now shady. It, now it kind of feels like they're, now it kind of feels like they're extending into let's get the most for our art you know what i mean like yeah. this yeah. is it might not be completely fraudulent but the motives are kind of uh hazy for me in this yeah. in this sense because in 2018 that shit was real like i, I remember yeah. going to i remember seeing pusha t at governor's ball in new york city and there was a <laughs> fuck drake chant before pusha came out it was like real like yeah yeah and he came out and that portion of time felt like such a uh, lightning in a bottle term terms of beef and it was real. It felt legit the whole way through. And now it's kind of coming up again because of Kanye releasing, because there's always controversy when he releases. So it makes sense. But I don't know if the validity is as high as it was in 2018. That's yeah, I, I feel like they can live in their own worlds a little bit more. I think, um, in, I think in general, like, obviously, I think, like, Drake's really strategic. I think it would be probably one of the worst moves for his career for him to just, like, start releasing full-on diss tracks at this stage to Kanye or for Kanye. I don't think Kanye really like, not that he Cares. doesn't care. I just think he's like too deep into the whole God thing to like, really like spend time, like saying like mean shit about Drake. And I don't even think he's into like the whole diss track thing. I think it's just like, in general, it's going to be subs over and he's over He's got this again. thing so, where he's like, you're not going to bully me. Like that's kind of like Kanye's the Joker like, attitude about it. Yeah. He's like, nah, like fuck you. Like, no, nah. you know, like, I don't know. It's like, um, 
yeah, I think Drake sees Kanye as like, bro, you were off on some weird shit right now. I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to be cool, calm, and just, like, slick about things. And then Kanye's, like, got this real fixation about, like, uh you know i used to i used to get messed with by nerd jocks like you you know that type of thing so um yeah it's interesting the to see joker where moment yeah the yeah. joker moment was hilarious the nerd and a jock at the same time that's crazy yeah i thought that was really funny but um about these I, we can kind of close up here um i gotta get out of here but you know in comparing and contrasting these albums and, and my final statement would probably be just uh, donda and and certified lover boy kind of you know, they just they aim to do very different things. And I think it, they're I think they're emblematic of Kanye and Drake's careers to this point. Like Drake um, is not about putting the most ambitious and artistic project out there. Um, I think he's always been trying to prove himself as like, uh, you know, one of the great rappers, as someone who really has a pen. You know, a lot of people question him, question him because of the ghostwriting thing and whatnot. And so I feel like there's something to be proved as well as a, a certain level to be maintained for for him as like what he what he stands for um and then for for Kanye he's always tried to do the ambitious thing and I feel like right now like that came with all these different collaborations and making a huge ordeal Kanye later on in his career too Drake being a little bit more in the limelight or the prime of his career I think even though they're both very you know, they're still very, very up there, as is evident by, you know, just the attention that both of these albums have received. I feel like uh, Kanye got into his bag of like, who are all the artists I've ever inspired? You know, who are the artists that I could, you know, I could kind of claim as uh, as people that um, have been inspired by me. And a lot of those people show up on that album. So um, I love Donda pretty much. I, I I'm there with you. It's in that eight range for me certified lover boy i do really enjoy it um but it could be shortened a little bit so as is typical with some drake projects for me it's like it doesn't do all the things in the album that i have in my favorite albums out there so um but there are those moments that hold up a lot of the expectations i have for most drake projects so seven and a half for me on 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 certified Mm. lover boy Mm. i really like it um it falls short in a couple ways donda just really goes to some places in music that i prefer and mm. um you know that's that's kind of where it is with me but i i liked this whole this whole thing i mean i liked that they ended up dropping to get like together i like that they, everything is panned out the way that it's panned out both of these albums are sounding pretty good to very good to me the entire escapade was definitely worth it for me because yeah. although i will say the biggest gripes i have with the drake album are kind of just what you mentioned just the the like the lack of uh having to prove anything so it kind of just feels like he's just dropping like a playlist at this point and it's fine because he knows what it is and ev- the fans know what it is for the most part but when the fact that they did drop so soon kind of highlighted the difference and also showed to me what i look for more in music mm-hmm. like donda i really really love donda and for the exact opposite reasons, I don't really see myself coming back to CLB as much because there isn't really that like emotional aspect to this album where it just feels like he's kind of just coasting. And I get that a lot of like we mentioned a lot of good songs that came out of it, solid songs, but it kind of falls stale for me because there's nothing really I can co- go back to for substance. 
the way I can go back to for Donda. In my yeah, opinion. I don't know that certain moments on this album are going to grow on me because I don't want I wanted to be very sure how I felt about this because I know Dark Lane demo tapes. It grew on me a lot. And I don't want that to happen with this album and me be like, oh, it's really just OK. Oh, it's mid or whatnot. But, you know, the moments like the Kid Cudi feature and, and, and other things, I, you know, they're they're pretty stale to me. So I have the feeling that the moments that I really like now I'm going to continue like and moments like I Miss You Too with Kid Cudi or fucking fans or, you know, really the end of the album lands kind of softly. And there's these parts in the middle that are OK to me. I feel like they're going to be still just OK to me and the parts of the album that I really like now, I'm probably just going to continue to in- enjoy them more. Um, whereas with, with Donda, I kind of already had the like, uh, this is decent. This is okay to, oh no, I actually really like this shit a lot. So Alan, I'll let you go ahead and then we'll close. Yeah. Oh, real quick. I think my big thing with fucking fans is the fact that it's a song titled fucking fans. And I was like really hyped for it because you know, it's such a good title. And then it's just him being all (laughs) sappy about like, oh, I have casual sex, boohoo, which I don't know. I think, I feel like he's trying to be like emotionally mature which is weird considering like earlier on the album, he had a line that said, girl, you're a lesbian. Me too. It was like, it's, it's, he's trying to dip yeah. back and forth. It doesn't work. He said, I had to have a sex with a lot of girls to have this kid or something like that. Or have a kid like this or something like that. I mean, there was and, now, and now he's sad about having casual sex. Like he's just, right. Right. You make yeah, music. That's, that's the know, thing. You, like, I just, I, I felt, like I the felt contradictions, the, same. the contradictions. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. it's like, you're 30, you're 34 years old. You have a kid, but you're still like talking about the same shit you were talking about. Like that's the biggest gripe for me. Where it's like, oh, the thing and then like, some of the moments attempt to be more ma- like emotionally mature, yes. but then but then you look at yes. the album cover and you're like, well, that's not really that's, <laughs> that that doesn't match. Like, but it's sorry, what were you gonna but say? Like, it's not even about the year 34 and still rapping about whatever. Like, future's like 40 with 30 kids and he's still rapping about the same shit he's rapping about, <laughs> and it works because like he doesn't really hide the fact it is better. He's, yeah, it is better, <laughs> and he doesn't really try to hide that. Like, he doesn't try to fake emotional maturity. Same thing with like Freddie Gibbs. He's thirty eight. He's I think he has a, a kid or two. He's still rapping about sex and drugs and shit. Like even though he's far out of life, it just works. He doesn't try to like fake like m- maturity or like like that. Like he's turning a new leaf or something like that. Yeah. I overall, you know, there's like highs and lows in in the album to me that you know I feel like different people listening to it that aren't like. Oh, reviewing music and and albums and stuff like that. They're gonna have different moments that they really enjoy. But yeah, um, I gotta go. It's time to get yeah, out okay. of here. Um, so that's gonna it's be Brunson Till Day. It's we what, ball. It's what Brunson Till. It's like the first like really really good UFC fight in like a couple weeks. Oh, and shit, the asleep. main card starts asleep. at four because it's a bunch of like British fighters. So they gotta. Oh yeah, it's almost four over there. Over there on the East Coast. So. Yeah. All right, for, for my friends, my friends, Ben, Synth, my man, Alan, Alan Cito, uh, and Trent, Better. who's already departed from the podcast. Shout out, Trent. My Rest man, in peace. This has been fantastic. We've been talking about Certified Lover Boy, Kanye, and, 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 and Drake, and Donda, Season 5, Episode 42, Episode 93 of the New Music Monday podcast. Um, yeah, any, any last words for y'all? Um, y'all gotta Whoa. get me back here eventually because right now I was planning to have posters up. It just looks like prison walls. Yeah, I was. But like, I was when I get my posters like, up, y'all gotta get me back in here. Yeah. yeah, you look like you're in Mercedes Benz Arena right now, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro, this this yeah. dorm actually I saw on a TikTok number four worst ranked dorm in America. So you know we ball. 
Damn, that's tough. That's tough, bro. It's fucking cockroaches and black mold. Yeah, y'all better bring bad. me back too. I'm ready to go too. No, right, yeah, man. we. All right, man. Yeah, you guys are Let's you go. guys are mainstays of the podcast, so uh, we'll go. have you Absolutely. back. But a pleasure as always. I'll talk to y'all soon. We got more obligatory stuff to do later today. Legal so. podcast coming soon. That's right. That's right. I haven't even announced that you leaking shit, bro. Okay. Oh. Let's go. Sorry. Um, all right. Have a nice rest of your day, y'all. Thank you for Easy. coming on the show. Bye. And we'll uh yeah, we will we'll talk later. Bye everybody. Peace. Peace. Bye. Ew. What's going on? Sorry, I heard you uh, got here a while ago.